Hello, listening people. Hello. Drag it out. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Swanski. And I'm Bartek Kaspshishak. Oh, should I say my last name? Oh, start again. Fuck, no, we can't. Um, <laughs> why, <laughs> why are we called Spin Polish? Likingly, because we're always spitting, and if you heard Bartek's last name and my own, we are both Polish. What we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces? Good question, me. What we do is we cover movies that need to be talked about. Movies that have not got the love that they deserve. They're not ones that are completely forgotten, but they're not ones that are completely remembered. You may have them on the tip of your tongue, but no one's bringing them up at a birthday party about their, that being their favourite movie. Mm. Or are they? Maybe if they listen to the show, their tastes have improved. We dare to do feature-length audio commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve a commentary. But that's where we disagree. We find something amazing in a film that is already a gem to us. Bartek? Yep. What is what is the gem? Stop laughing. What is the gem we're going to be covering today? The unappreciated masterpiece. People, today we... Well, today we're recording it, but you can listen anytime. Uh, today we are doing the key classic 2007 film, Jeff Chinner's Saint Trinian. Uh, I don't speak Polish. That's like a recurring problem that I have in my life is I know I, I know my, my heritage is Polish, but I never got taught it. So I, I imagine you're speaking Polish. You could be speaking Hungarian. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. Well, what are we watching? It's spit in Polish, right? It's not Hungarian Polish. Spit and hungry. I am hungry. Oh, shit. I made a mistake. Uh, I'll do it again. It's not spit in Hungarian, Ryan. Oh, okay. What are we watching? Well, let's just get rid of the Jeffchen of Z and add an S at the end and we get St. Trinian's. What's the first bit? What? What was the first bit you got rid of? I don't understand. The, <laughs> the Polish title is Jeffchinov's Saint Trinian, which means girls at Saint Trinian. Oh, okay. That's not so I got rid of the Jeffchinov. Get rid of the girls at Saint Trinian's and put in our guest. Do the thing where you immediately understand what the movie is, right? Oh, the 2007 classic Saint Trinian's. Yes. With Colin Firth. Yes. And Misha Barton, my favorite actress. <laughs> we are luckily joined by a recurring guest on the show. No, not Roger Ebert's dead corpse, but something awfully close to it. Grace Brown. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. I thought about that. I was looking at Grace before doing the recording. I'm like, Grace has glasses. Kind of reminds me of a, of a female Roger Ebert. Could be. But no, Grace Brown has... many guests who have glasses. Every guest is Roger Ebert. No, we have done several episodes before. Last one we did was The Boy Next Door. Mm. Now you are joining us for a specialty for this month. For this month of uh, Feb, last year we covered dogs. This year we're covering uh, duologies. Uh, film series that only contains two movies. There was so they, they were just off the trilogy that the Godfather fulfilled. There was there was talk about a seat about the third film. Yeah, this one does have an IMDb page for a third film. Is is Saint, is it Centrinian's three? Yes. Revenge of Colin Firth's career. <laughs> no, we are he's going, doing all right. He's, yeah. It's not like he won an Oscar a few years after this. Now, guys, <laughs> you have to get your copy of the Centrinian's two thousand seven 
one ready. Not the 50s one. Everyone I talked to before doing this, I'm like, oh, I didn't say Tridius. They're like, oh, which one? I'm like, oh, the 2000s one. And they're like, oh, okay. Is the one of the 50s particularly popular? Yes. There are, oh, there are, oh, well, I apologize. There are several. There are four from last century, right? Now, Ooh. get your 2007 copy ready, because we are going to start this film, okay? Get ready, because we're going to start in three, two, one, play. play. Did you have to? Yeah. So, Centrinians. Yeah, this one... <laughs> <laughs> this one confused me at first because you've been telling me about it for a while and the way you... Did I warn you enough? Well, the, the thing is, the way you said it, and to be fair, the way they say it in the film, I thought you were saying, like, one word and it had, like, something to do with century. Yeah. So, oh, so right. when I was trying to... And they at... say it in the movie like that, too. So that's... Yes, they do. So I, I can't rag on you for that because I pronounce it saint like that because I'm an idiot. Um... So I spent a long time trying to look for this movie that begins with the letter C, but I couldn't find it. I even looked at Russell Brand's like filmography, and, and you like, saw Centrinians. You're like, no, nah, it can't be the one. Well, no, <laughs> I was looking at the first letter of every movie, and I couldn't see a C anywhere. And I'm like, where, where is this movie? Wait, he had no movie with a C at the start. He his... might have, but obviously Ooh. they were, didn't weren't like pronounced with a C, like like Centrinians. So you thought this was uh, like cent, as in this is fifty cents. <laughs> And great. if that's your go-to when you hear the word <laughs> cent, then yes, right? Sorry, fitty cent. I should have said it correctly. Sorry, Mr. Cent. So, Grace. It's a cheap name. Mm. What do you think of Centurions? What's your, what, give us your little backstory, your history. I genuinely like this film. So this came out when I was in grade six, and I saw it in cinemas at, like, Eastland, I believe. Um... And I have a lot of nostalgia for this film, and I've actually rewatched it out of choice before. In fact, choice. last year I rewatched the first and the second one. Back to back? Um, yes, actually. And Ooh. I I really, really like Colin Firth. Like, Is he your favourite? He's not my favourite, but he is up there. Like, mm. I He's a dick in this movie, but I was into it. I was very into it. Fun fact... I said this during the watching of it last night. I, 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 I've seen this before, but I never really noted that this is really one of the first times Colin, Colin Firth played a villain. Mm. And he actually does a pretty good job. Like, I've seen a couple where he's played a villain. I wish he did it more because he's actually pretty good at it. Well, on a scale of villainy, I mean, he was the villain of this film, but... He's a villain, Bartek. Don't give him any any cuts. I'm Just because we see it outlined. I'm sorry for being dick. an apologist for this character. Stop being an apologist for Colin <laughs> uh, Firth. So, obviously... <laughs> what are you, his agent? <laughs> so, obviously, I have hadn't heard of this film, hadn't seen it, saw it for the first time last night. And, uh, you know, I, I've... Why did I watch this is a good question I ask what? myself. Oh, why oh, did? Okay. Why have I seen this before? It's something I asked myself late at night many times. Well, it was in an age where my parents would just buy DVDs because uh. they know the property. So they're like, oh, I remember, I remember hearing about this. Sure, and they bought like all the worst Eddie Murphy movies you can imagine. Like, what was it like? Meet Dave. No, yes, but <laughs> like, the last Boomerang or Boomerang or something around that kind of something like Boomerang, and and this was one of them because they're like, oh, I remember the old Centurions movies. Bought it, and I, I have watched this now. Outside of this viewing that we're doing currently, probably three times. And I liked it very much each time I have watched it. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it the first time, I think, in particular. I I like all the characters. Mm. Every single 
multi-layered character that you have here. And what I like about this movie too is this is like a spawning ground for every British movie we've done on the show because every <laughs> British actor that we've done on the show has appeared in this movie basically like like we have Stephen Fry Stephen who Fry. is in Thunderpants as a judge as a judge as so a judge in a, way, in, in a way he's MCing in all these films we do and, and, and we also had the, Juno Temple mm-hmm. in Three year Musketeers one. and Year One. Yeah, she was uh, and Michael Sears. This is the only first. one where we don't get to see her breasts as prominently, which was a disappointment, I must say. That's probably the negative this I have is, of this well, movie. This is, this this is not, probably... enough, not enough Juno Temple breasts, because I'll be honest, the other girls' breasts are fine, but they're no Juno Temple breasts. How do you feel about that, Grace? Um, I feel a number of ways. But this have film, you seen Juno Temple's breasts? I have not seen Juno Temple's So you have breasts. not seen any of her films? I've not seen Year One... Or the other one, Three Musketeers, the image. Is or that the one with Mads Mikkelsen in it? Yeah. Yes. Or Horns? I've seen Horns. She's the girlfriend that gets naked and oh, gets fucked on a tree by Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Fun fact. In which case I have, I apologize. Written by Stephen King's son, Joe. Joe King, but he's now Joe Hill. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. You're joking, right? No, that's actually his name, Joe. You're not joking? Yeah, I'm not joking. I wish <laughs> I was. <laughs> Um, so with me, at first, it took me a while to get into the film, but once once I got around my inferior <laughs> senses, I, I really started to enjoy this film. Once you realised you were wrong, and it was right. I was, I, was, I was missing a couple of things. Some of the accents were a bit... Grace thick. is pointing. Yeah, because they're just like, they're arguing over how much the school is, and I think they say it's $4,000. Yeah. That is not at all much for a private school. Or but this school's in public school. shit, though. Yeah, but $4,000 is like nothing. Pounds. Oh, oh yeah, 4,000 pounds. That's a very good point. Oh, that's a lot of getting beatings. up there. And also, this is in 2007, before the financial crisis. Before the recession. Yeah. But so like, it's a different time. I thought they were just talking time. about fees. Yeah, this is tuition, isn't it? Or is this for each... No, this is for each term. Is this for each term? Because he's, she's only doing this one term. And he's paying for the one term. Like, okay. I think he says to her here, like, don't be silly, darling. It will be half term before you know. Like, I think he's just paying for the one term at a time. Okay, in which case, £4,000 for one term is is steep, and I understand why they were arguing. Yeah, I was wondering why you guys were like, for the school? What are you doing? Hey, you know what I get in this entry is for? A financial discussion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a school, that's a lot of money. Well, it is a private school. Well, it is England. Well, they do use the Ryan, pound metric there. Mm. Well, obviously. Well, Ryan, this is a film where bankruptcy is, uh, like, a conflict. <laughs> There was a point... Eventually. Yeah. Um, so you'd never seen this before, Bartek. Hadn't heard of it either. Yeah, and hadn't heard of it. So what did you have to make of it? Because the one thing I would say before I let you answer that is, did this make you feel like you were watching a Vampire Academy again? Because they're both very similar in tone and look. It actually... This uh, has more to it, I feel. Oh, you never watched Vampire Academy. No, I have watched okay. Vampire no, Academy. No, 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 don't I read give the books us this. and I have seen Vampire Academy. How you don't you? know what you're on about. I do. I have don't seen it. No, no. I know about, about the Dampiers and the... Okay, fine. They're called Strigoi. Now... <laughs> no, no, there's Strigoi and Dampiers and the other one that Vasilisa oh, is. you know. Wrong. Yes. Yes, no, I am they're correct. Maroi. So There's Maroi, Strigoi, and Dampiers. It's spelled D-H. Band Slam? Yeah, it kind of did remind me a bit more of Band Slam in that 
Because vampire- moody teenage girls. Sort of. In, in with Vampire Academy, even though it was very. Mm, that shot. What's that word? Where world building, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it built the world there, and you did really buy that all those people could exist. Oh, those people, I'm so Speak sorry. Speak of Lily Allen for your listening pleasure. What? What? Lily Allen's um the song is I've never been this far away from home. I think that's the title by Lily Allen. And excuse me, the we're other talking guy, to Bartek at the moment. I'm not sorry. Lily. Lily's career's over. Let it go. How dare you? Like, her music was the soundtrack to, like, the end of my me too, primary man. school and the start of my high school. Me? Oh, well, end of, end of my school year was Lily Allen, yeah. I like Lily <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast before. I like Lily Allen. I like Lily Allen. Yeah, like Bartek is indifferent to music. Bartek, keep going. There's a geek there. Do you relate to her? Yeah, Lily Cole. <laughs> is she related to Lily Allen? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bartek, you were saying something. I was. That's an emo, by the way. It's polite face. I actually said to myself, goth? And then I actually went, or emo. And it answered it for me. I was yeah, very happy the, with the, that. The film, the film made me double take on that. I was like, ah, goths. And they're like, no, emos. I was like, <laughs> You Shit. fucking idiots. Although, with, like, I, I did feel good seven. later in the film with the trivia. I did get some of the answers right. Ooh. So you walked into this somewhat, you bl- well, completely blind. Completely blind. Did, I, it, did it meet your expectations that you had none of? <laughs> Uh, well, it's certainly... F- it's like when you walk into a place just expecting you're going to sit down and then eventually stand up and go away, but you actually sit down, you just get a lot of input and love from the world, and then you walk away being like, yeah, Also, you good. you couldn't put this on YouTube. You could not. Not live not stream. Not even in 2007. Not no, live you stream. Just, you just press the upload button, select the file, and No, YouTube it. has, like, guidelines. You're not allowed. No, no, but they're live streaming this. Yeah, but they said YouTube. We're no, live but on yeah, YouTube. yeah, they're live streaming on on YouTube. Which this film is set in the future. Excuse me, did YouTube have such strict rules in two thousand and seven? Yes, it did. No, you're wrong. I was YouTube there. has always been like a safe for work. Nah, like, you're wrong. You don't know YouTube well enough. You got to know where to look. I I'm quite familiar with two thousand and seven YouTube. How dare you? That was so, when I just started to get access to. What's heck? Yes. This film has a lot going on. The plot would be. What? Well, uh, like I said earlier, eventually there is a whole bankruptcy issue, but Mm -hmm. overall we can say that after this beginning part where we get the world building of the school, the building building, if you will, Mm. um, we have this plot about Colin Firth. Yeah, that's his name. Yep. I get it mixed up with some... Colin Farrell? You can... can Colin Muckery? No, no, no. It was one of the guys on The Chasers. Um, Oh. Charles Firth. Uh, oh, the lesser known American. I know, but American I watched I watched was. a lot of Chasers War and everything. So as did I. I, yeah. I even listened to the commentary tracks. I did as well, actually. Cause we I'd like to. Um, fuck! What was I saying? You guys keep interrupting. The plot. Me. The plot. Yes, it is about Colin Firth looking at this school and thinking, "I'm gonna change it," and not really mm. knowing what to expect. But then, you know, he goes there and he realizes there's some wacky shit going on. Interesting. And it kind of works around there, which is kind of funny to say that I'm in all that I didn't even mention who we assume is the protagonist. Yeah, uh, Grace, you've watched this movie many times before. What's the plot for you? Um, the plot for me, well, it's it's like part heist movie, part coming of age. No, there's no coming of age. Um, hey, she gets a makeover. Rather than coming <laughs> of age, it's kind of like a story of fitting in. It's a story of conformity. It's it's not conf- well yeah 
worse. No, yeah, in a way it is. It's a story of anarchist She conforms by not conforming. Yeah. See, I wouldn't say that that's what the film's about. I'd just say that's a theme of it. I wouldn't say that's what it's about. I said it was a heist movie. So it's a heist movie. No, I was talking about to Ryan. It's a girl. Yeah, Ryan. It's girls wanting to steal Scarlett Johansson. Well, for (laughs) me... It was actually weird. For a good portion of this movie, because I've seen it before, but it's been a while, I was like, okay, so this is a movie about this girl who goes to the school and she becomes something else. But it's also a story parallel about an older woman who's an English teacher and she learns to throw her moral values away. Don't we all? It's a corruption story for youth and the middle age. I suppose we could say that this is one of those. On- <laughs> She's supposed to be old. Like that's mm. the best part. You going? This is one of the, I guess, those ensemble films where there's just a lot going on, mm. and we kind of have to see what is the central point. It's like Ben Hur. And I think, and I think Bigger what I, Ben Hur. Yeah, and I, th- I think what I said is kind of the central point. It's like the the schools. I got think this I conflict. am right, <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say and be humble or whatever. I I think that the central point is that the school is facing a bankruptcy conflict, and in the process of getting around that, everyone else, you know, develops as a character. Yeah, it was an amazing thing last night. I watched this, and my girlfriend, she remembered basically, ah, oh, the makeover scene, and the makeover scenes are really late in the movie. Yeah, and and. There was a point in the movie where we heard about the bankruptcy and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay, so we're about halfway through or just over. I'm like, no, we're not. Mm. <laughs> we are about, and we're literally 35 minutes in. And I said to and here's why. This movie's interesting. It, 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 the, the first act starts 30 minutes in where the inciting incident happens. Mm. The rest of this is just kind of... Like I said, world building. World building. Like, building building. Who's, who's Russell Brand? Is he a nice guy? Is he a pedophile? I don't know. He's a bit of both. Well, he's, <laughs> he's not a, a nice, nice guy. pedophile. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, can I share a story? When I messaged Grace and said, "Hey, can we do Centurions?" She's like, "I genuinely love this movie," and I'm like, "Good," you know? I'm like, "Yeah, Colin Firth." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah Colin, Colin Firth's Firth. great." And I'm like, "What about Russell Brand?" And you're like. Fuck no. <laughs> and then, get this. I said, but he is the fun. He's real good. And you just wrote, yeah, yeah, he is. And then I you thought were... you were talking about Colin first. And then she wrote, oh, wait, fuck no. <laughs> just like, oh, she. And then I'm like, well, I tricked you. You agreed to say Russell Brand <laughs> was fun. Wait, Ryan, did you really say like, he is the fun? He, he is the fun. That's great. I love it's that. It's just like, <laughs> his, I remember his character flirting with a school child and like really, really wanting to be a in. Pedophile? Oh, I yeah, think he really wanted to be in a relationship with Kells, and I'm like, oh. but he asked her. He didn't force himself. Yeah, but it's still is not. She, but she like 18 though. I don't. She's it's head not girl. Said. Yeah, I know. We assume she is. She's and... she's clearly 18. She looks like so. It's fine. She looks. Russell like... Brand's clearly like 35. Also, Gemma Gemma Arterton's look throughout this entire movie is so good, and I I'm love used to her as a redhead. Go on. She looks like Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, she also... you've got the DVD right there. We can have. A she also looks like. A ch- like one of those little dogs that Paris Hilton would put in a handbag, like, but as a person. What? No. In this film, she's what? In this film, she looks like the personification like of one of the dogs that Paris Hilton would have in her bag. 
Ding dong, you are wrong. Ding dong, I am right. Because she's literally wearing a dog collar throughout she's, the movie. She she's wearing a barbed wire necklace later that I'm so into. She's wearing a lock as well. Pad so lock, that's yeah. It's a padlock to stop you from getting down her throat. No gobbies unless she has the key, Grace. Oh, look, Ryan, it's your character. How dare you. <laughs> You're a big fan of gobbies, I know. <laughs> don't, don't, what does that mean? <laughs> don't you disgrace gobbies. Ryan's hey, what is this outfit she's wearing? Uh, I'm a very, very, very big fan of the green turtleneck. This lime green. kind of looks semi-casual. It's, it's not casual. Toby Jones as uh. the Nazi scientist we all know and love. <laughs> From Captain America Winter Soldier. He's got a weak mustache in this. It's, I think I think it's the quality. I think it's actually an no, alright mustache. No, it's, it's actually a very weak mustache. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. When I first saw him, I was like, oh god, this guy looks like a typical favourite character candidate. <laughs> he wasn't, though. He wasn't, no. Cause I, I actually of kind of have a few favourite characters. Yeah, same. I think the appeal of this movie, of this particular movie, the two main appeals is uh, Rupert Everett yes. as, as uh, Miss Fritton, and Russell Brand, for me, I found Russell Brand's comedy in this to be refreshing because he's kind of the straight man mm. in, in the craziness, way, and yeah. he's and here's the thing, I, I you know, oh, what are you looking at? I Don't just pay? realized that she has a chain around her waist, Miss Fritton does that says yeah. bling, and it is the most like other than that, she's dressed <laughs> great. Bling. <laughs> oh my god, I never so, noticed that. So, what, what I was going to say was, I, I don't know how you guys feel about Russell Brand. Now, you, Grace, you're not so much positive on him. I, I never really liked him in movies as much. I liked his stand-up because he's actually a really intellectual stand-up comedian, surprisingly, uh, in the stuff that I've seen of him. Like, really intellectual guy. And the only film that I really g- gave him props for was... Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. For me, I hate that movie. It's a film where it's a movie with nothing but unlikable characters, but he was the only one out of the unlikable characters that was a redeeming character. So I've always kind of had a soft spot in my heart for Russell Brand because he was a character, he was an actor in a movie that made me stop wanting to kill myself because that movie really makes me want to die. I haven't seen that, but I've seen Get Him to the Greek. He plays the same character. And it's a completely different character. (laughs) Oh, is it? Didn't in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, didn't you enjoy that bit where Jason Segel's on the piano going, Peter, you suck. That's the best scene in that movie. No. See, I just don't like Jason Segel very much. Like, he was all right in uh, Gulliver's Travels, but he wasn't in it very much. Uh, Jason Segel just doesn't do it for me, but Russell Brand, he did it for me in that movie, and he does Russell it for Brand me in this movie, because because he does something which is very interesting, like, we've talked about, he's a slight kind of pedophile creep in this, but, and in Forgetting Sam Marshall, he's a rock star, who's also a bit of a creep, but what he does is he finds an innocence and a charm to characters like that, because at the end of the day, these are kind of just, they're just characters for fun movies, but also, like, these are kind of people, and even like terrible people have some kind of shining quality to them. And I think he finds a great balance. Which is kind of a theme of this movie, yeah. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing. Like everyone's terrible in this movie, but there's some shining spot to them. Even Colin Firth, the villain of the movie, like what's his shining thing? He has an infatuation with the with Miss Fritton. Miss Fritton. Coming, coming up. Also, he kills dogs. So you know. Yes, he's a dog killer. We all love that. Um. This this film is like full of many of me going. It's that guy, and it's him. Yeah, like that's a guy from Hogwarts Histories. Yeah, yeah it's Ben Wilbon. <laughs> um, this was an interesting film to watch because it reminded me a lot of the previous film we just did on our show, Zoom. Mm-hmm. In terms of its editing style, is very flashy. 
Its cinematography is very in-your-face. The thing I think this has over Zoom is its confidence in itself. I think that's one thing I had... That's a problem with a lot of movies that we do on this show is they don't have enough confidence to follow through 100%. But this has a problem with that. The other half do, which is they go 100%. This also reminds me of Catch That Kid in terms of it just fucking runs... Wild. It Just is heist movies, so Ryan. confident in itself. And I think that's what, you know, you like about it, Grace. It's it's a confident movie. You know, mm. Young Grace needed young female confident characters, mm. and this was the only thing available in 2007. Oh, yeah. Like, it was one of the reasons that I, like, that I liked it so much that it did itself to me so effectively. That is Lucy Punch. She and was I in Hot Fuzz. How, yep, I said Lucy Punch off of Hot Fuzz. And I agree with how old she is now. She is 39 now, and Colin Firth, who plays her father, is 56 now. So, yeah, it works out. It works out. It's it's interesting. Hey, come on. We've had movies where, you know, certain characters were playing 16-year-old girls and they were, like, 28 years mm. old, and they looked 16. Mm. You, you oh, that British soccer film. Bend it like Beckham. Yeah, bend her like Beckham, yeah. So No, it's convert them like Dave. <laughs> So, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> with Centrinians, this is based off an old British property, like I mentioned before, my parents. The painting, right? Uh, oh, yeah, and cartoons and the all cartoons. that as well. And then movies. Have you guys seen any of these, the cartoons? I had no, this is my only exposure to Centrinians. Yeah, I've never seen the originals either, but I've been check meaning to check Lord them Jackson. out. Because in that too, Miss Fritton is also played by a man. Mm-hmm. And it's just that old... And a lot of the reviews that I looked at from professional critics, not just ones from IMDb, really criticised this movie for having Rupert Everett play this character in, in drag, essentially, and really slammed it for that. And I think it's kind of just a... A mistake to do that because this is a quintessential backbone of British comedy, or or, yes. or or you know that kind of comedy. Like you know nowadays we have Mrs. Brown's Boy. It's not my cup of tea, but you know the comedy here isn't ha ha. It's a man in a dress. Like that's not the joke here. It's just oh that's kind of funny. That's just like a little background thing. Like oh it's a man, but like Dame Edna Everidge, like like Fritton. They embody the character so well that you mm. kind of forget that they're, you know, the, the man in a dress and it doesn't kind of play into the humour very much. So that's why I get annoyed with, you know, certain certain types of comedies where they, they do that, where it's like, it's a man in a dress, get it? They're kissing because it's awkward because, you know, gay panic. Oh, and it's like, this isn't having that. Like, they genuinely love each other here. Like, I, I, I don't see their love being played for comedy other than they're just so British about it. Oh, dude, mm. the song in the credits. Conrad <laughs> Smolder. Is he attractive to you? Yes, yes, he Can is. Can you explain it? Because I'm a straight guy, and I, I, I understood it when I saw him in Kingsman because he was being James Bond and he was incredibly fit and mm. all that. And I've seen him in Pride and Prejudice, but yeah. I just, I don't get it. What is there? I, I don't think I could explain it, just like I couldn't explain my... All right, I'm just going to aim the microphone at, at the ovaries and hear what they have to say. <laughs> yeah. I just... I don't know, his demeanour, his confidence, his also not doesn't seem like an arrogant dick. Really? Well, in this he does, obviously. Oh, well, that's the thing I was actually going to say. The thing that I thought that attracted women about Colin Farrell is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Colin, Colin Farrell Firth. is a different matter. Charles Colin Firth. Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth <laughs> is the fact that he does have this kind of 
arrogance. Like in Bridget Jones's diary, he's an arrogant guy. I don't think I don't read that as arrogance so much as just confidence. Well, Bridget well, he is Jones's arrogant, diary because he's, he, he's up. Usually he's playing upper crust, and yeah. that kind of confidence is associated with arrogance, especially in the British. Mm. I think that's an appeal, but you know. Get what you can. <laughs> Get what you can. To be honest, just, I do love Bridget Jones's diary. Um, that what about Bridget Jones's baby? I have not seen it yet, and I really, really wanted to see it um, when it came out of theaters, but like no one was keen. No. Have you guys played hockey before? Yes. Uh, not with these I, kind of. My sticks. sister. My sister is a really, really good hockey player. Ooh. She's a goalie. And I watched this game, knowing all the things they were doing wrong outside of making shifts. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was like. One of the one of the like the goals, I guess you know, I can't remember the actual tactical term. I think it's a goal. Who cares? Not me. Now I'm about to complain how they get it wrong. Who cares? Yeah. Like the girl from this is like, Le- like Lucy Punch. We've been at like Beckham. You got so annoyed that your dad was like, "Oh, it's so accurate." You're like, "I don't care." Now you're on about hockey. You yeah, but it's here's, the here's stop the enterer. Here's the thing. This actually this actually comes in importance. Lucy Punch's character, who is on the side of playing the game properly. Mm. Uh, she's the one that does the improper way of hitting the goal, where she raises the stick way over her head and yeah. swings. And I go, hold on a sec. If it was one of the Centridians girls, I wouldn't be talking about it. Mm. But it's her. Like the, the she represents. Yeah, she represents yeah. how to the the rules, yeah. the authority, all no, that. But she's playing dirty throughout. Isn't yeah. She? To be fair, no, though. she's just a monster. Okay. But not really that dirty. Like, but that's the moment where I go, hold on mm. a tick. Also, the kid, the here, this shot here, the kid in the fish tank, is that a Damien Hurst reference? Is that a reference to the physical impossibility of death in The Mind of Someone Living, 1991? Yeah, you know it is. Maldehyde? Yeah. That's it's exactly really... what it is. It's you know me, I know this. It's such an reference for St. Trudy. Really right? intelligent or very quickly. Let's right? go back to finance. <laughs> <laughs> so... Look at Lucy Pudge. I don't, you know, she's kind of attractive in a very unattractive fashion. I think she's got like a face that just says, I want to punch you, because her last name is Punch as well. <laughs> Lucy Pudge is such a name. Who's this woman? <laughs> she's the French teacher. Oh. Or Spanish, I can't remember. Spanish. Spanish? Yes. I thought it was French. No, nah, it was Spanish. It was Polish. It was, I don't know how to speak either. <laughs> so, I know a bit of French. I like this line. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, Like you said, confidence. She had a lot of confidence just stepping up. Her character Mm. was bugging me through the movie because I know that actress from something and I refused to look it up until the (laughs) very end. And then I'm like, oh, she's in Ab Fab, of Mm. course. Was she the one that was yelling out the wrong answer? Yeah. See, that was one of the ones that I got right. So when she was saying whatever it was, I'm like, no, it's pineapple. What what she And then the movie is teaching you a lesson. Now, now, guys, this this film is 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Grace, I mean, you must feel a lot of things. You've changed a lot in those 10 years. How would you know? Because you just said that you've changed a lot in those 10 years. Because everyone does. <laughs> now, you know Grace has always looked the same. Like, from always the womb. Same size, same height, yeah, same glasses. Yeah, always been like this. Um, same tattoos, you know. Exactly. Um, I, to be honest, I don't feel the age, but it's probably because a lot of me doesn't want to feel the age. Like, a lot of me wants to love this movie because I think on it fondly from my youth, despite the fact there are many scenes that I dislike. Oh, I love this train spotting-like scene. <laughs> it's just I'm... a perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Reed again. Um, I like how it's meant to be like, oh, this is a terrible school, but this just looks like it's really well-funded. 
that's the thing I said to myself. If they really need to raise money, why don't they sell off all the high-tech theft gear that they have and all the meth-making moonshine and equipment? And all like, vaguely And they could animals. be fine. Because they just commit crimes and pay for it that way. Now, Colin Firth does something very wise here, mm. which is get himself into a, a masturbatory situation, which we all should do at some point in our lives where we look like we were masturbating over s- yes. young women who actually are sex workers. <laughs> that's the thing about Not at my high school. That's the thing about this movie, but it actually took me a bit of a surprise because I kind of forgot this because that's the thing with seeing movies young. You grow up and you see the adult referencing and stuff. Mm. How did you feel about it, going fresh into this, with all the adult referencing kind of sexual stuff in this movie that's supposed to be aimed for, I guess, younger girls? Mm-hmm. How, what did you think? Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't really focusing on the target audience when I was watching this. I was just kind of watching it for myself, I guess. He was one of the girls. <laughs> I... I think it was one of those, oh, we're doing it for the adults watching this that was misguided. Like, I. So you think it was misguided, the sexual stuff in this? I really do, because it makes it, like, even Which when I was, younger, was misguided? it made me uncomfortable. Like, the, the blowjob one near the end where the woman's wiping off her lips? Uh, that that was particular. Like, that was one, the, one of the ones that sticks out of my mind is I dislike the most. But, like, all the, like, whenever. To be honest, whenever the girls, especially the hot toddies, um. Uh, speak to anyone but their own classmates I do get a little bit worried and like I do get a bit like spiky about it because it's just like I did, it's not necessary it's not yeah. needed I don't like it pardon oh, sorry she just raised her stick I mean terrible terrible <laughs> atrocious you know this show that we do unappreciated masterpieces it's a, it's a show where sometimes we describe it as these films that don't get enough love should in a way become cult classics mm. and cult classics are properly described as films that eventually find their audience. So I suppose this is might be a film that the target audience, it might not have been for them. <laughs> Sorry. It might have not have been for them, but eventually we as adults, well, I mean, Grace liked it ever since, but mm. adults might find it much later down the line and that would be the audience that turns into a cult classic. Yeah, that's true. Yes, it is. Thank you. Did yes. you know the English teacher is uh, the woman who plays Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones? Yes, but uh, that's a story for when I do the YouTube comments. Can I share mine? What? I knew that Lena Headey was in this movie. <laughs> I told Grace this before we started. I knew that Lena Headey was in this movie, and I was constantly, every now and then, being like, in my brain, so when's Lena Headey going to get into this movie? And it wasn't oh, okay. till the very end when she's like, you're cheating! And I'm like, oh, that's her! Because, to be honest, 95... No, like, 99% of the shots of her are far away. They are. So it really didn't highlight who she was. And I'm not used to her, obviously, younger and with black hair, her natural look, and all that, and with glasses and nerdy look. So it actually took me ages, and why I knew it was her in that lying scene is it pretty much is a Game of Thrones audition tape, where she's like, yes, you've got to be liars, and she's getting all more and more Britishy as she's going on. Okay, see, This I is the correct response to throw calls from that window at this point. Yeah, where someone else screams for him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, and I have no idea who she was, but because of one of the YouTube comments, I know that she plays a bitch. Cersei. In uh, she was in three hundred. Got. She was in Imagine Me and You. I haven't seen the first two. She was in The Purge. Haven't seen The Purge. The Purge. I'm not seeing The Purge either. 
What does that thing say? Oh, I was gonna it's say. The brand name. I thought I was gonna say nope. Nope. Like reference to the. Okay, the whistle would have been blown at that. <laughs> like that wouldn't have been a. That wouldn't have been. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Fine. Well, the sleeveless hockey look or Gemma Arterton is just very good. So, have you got feelings for Gemma in this? I honestly, I love her look. I love. Do you love what the she's about? Tattoo love... that changes places on her arm. <laughs> I do. Oh, he can't escape that wet shirt. You know what the great thing is about Colin? Colin but he he always wants to be uh, spacing himself away from uh, uh, Pride Dust. and Prejudice, but yeah. he keeps making references to it in pretty much every movie he is in. Yeah, like, I think he's he even gets humped right by Mr. Darcy. I think he's well aware. Like as someone on the internet said, you've made your wet shirt now lie in it or something like yeah. that. Well. The one thing I like about Conferth is he's aware. He's a self-aware guy. Mm-hmm. And I love... Have you seen his interview with the Inside the Actors studio? No. He gets asked the question of when you like go to heaven and you go through pearly gates, what is it that you want to hear from God? And he just wants to hear, I thought you were good at Mamma Mia. From <laughs> God. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, Pierce Brosnan's the best in that movie anyway, so, you know, what are you going to do? Have you guys done Mamma Mia? No, of course not. I'm not going to subject myself to Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> it's appreciated, damn it. Then you, you sure Grace you and I will do it together. Exactly. Then. So, Are you sure you don't want to watch Julie Walters, like, slow down? You how about Toby Jones mind? with a bit of his shirt tucked out? Bit of an unkempt Toby Jones. Now, when this happened, Bartek, this scene here with the uh, bank manager guy... Yeah. Who did you think he was? Because they didn't establish who he is. So like, there's this guy th- who looks mortified. If you were to take this like whole shot out of context, this looks like a really serious, almost artsy thing. Like, look at how the conviction on his face to mm. not really move. But it's it's because he smells something real bad, and he just doesn't want to breathe it in anymore. That could be an interpretation. Yeah. I'm interpreting things. I actually thought, is he a guy from the party that, that like, did I miss the party scene? Like, was I not paying attention? Yeah, there and, was no party. No, but that's what I was like, he came there and they said, oh, sit down here. And he just sat down there for the entire <laughs> party and waited. <laughs> I came up with a backstory for this guy. I'm like, okay, so. Before, what? like, in the time it took to explain who he is? Yeah. Oh. Because look, look, they're like, now is only just getting to it. We've had, like, a minute and a half uh, of establishing before he actually gets established say, yeah. and a half, uh, before he gets established. So. His character was fully formed in my book, in the book of managers. <laughs> uh, he was great. Now, with all the film camera stuff, mm. Grace, do you think it serves a lot in the film? Like, you know, having the James Bond technology? Um, To be honest, it's a bit of a... Not a minor thing, because they do use it a lot, but it's not really drawn great attention to like it but it shows that she shouldn't be a daddy's girl what the main character she finds out through video cam that she should oh, not yeah. be a daddy's girl like uh, it's, it's very convenient and i like main that character in quotes yes <laughs> hey she's she, our main character no she's billed like halfway down yeah because no one knows her. Mm. tallulah riley tallulah yeah riley you got it you know who she is She's well, my favourite Tallulah. I, every time I come on this show and I'm watching movies beforehand, I have Wikipedia up next to it and I have IMDb up next to it. So, I like every time a song was on that I liked, I'm like, I'm going to go scroll back down to soundtrack. Oh, it's Girls Aloud. Oh, fuck. It's the nerd chick again. Geek oh, Ryan. You got me there, Bartek. I get screwed. her to the geek. <laughs> I didn't realise that was uh, Gemma 
over her shoulder yeah. because yeah, I, I didn't see her hairstyle. <laughs> this got this had me laughing. <laughs> I also laughed because it reminded me a lot of um, suicide. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that's a fun subject matter to laugh at. Is that a blunt? Yes. Excellent. It's in one of the reviews that I have. <laughs> nice. It's not in the comments. Uh, oh, here's the barbed wire necklace. Just take the tie off. If you're not going to wear it's it... It's called Style uh-oh, Ryan. Fashion Ryan's going to go crazy. I'm a fashion expert. We covered this in Vampire Academy. Mm. And in... Um, what was the one recently that we covered where they wore just a dress? And it was like, oh, is this their sexy dress too? And it was just, oh, oh, Zoom. Literally covered this last episode. If you're going to wear the tie... Wear the tie. If you're gonna wear the barbed wire necklace, wear the barbed wire necklace. Ryan, Don't I just fucking half. She's wearing it. that barbed wire necklace. Yeah, but you can't wear the tie and the barbed wire necklace at the same time properly. You can as she's. You can wearing. look. She's not. Also, she's this not is such wearing. She's not style. wearing the tie. This is such a 2007 style. Avril Lavigne invented this. Avril Lavigne was before she 2007. She didn't die just. Wasn't um. Avril Lavigne was like 2003. I know she was, but it wasn't the hey hey you you. I don't like your girlfriend. Wasn't that 2007 or no? Can I can I Google it? No. Yes. Thank oh, you. one of the hosts said yes. Yes. Outvoted no, Ryan. No. Before we permission. go on, the matron character, I found out she was an abfab, right? But that wasn't the show I knew her from. I was like <laughs> looking at going, who is she? I knew her from an old TV show where she appeared in two episodes of a like forty episode show with Rick Mail called the uh, the New Statesman. You like, knew him from the New Statesman? Yeah. Doesn't he play Rick Bastard or Bastard? Uh, Alan Bastard. Alan Bastard. <laughs> and, uh, That's a good name, Rick Bastard. Alan Bastard. <laughs> Alan Bastard. I was thinking Rick because that is his name and also his No, he's name Rick in the Young Ones. ones. And yeah, Rick Mayall is his name. No, but he's Rick in The Young Ones. I know he is. I, I said both of those things. You want to say it again? Don't you try and school me at The Young Ones. Hold on, Ryan. Ones, I swear to his, God. His name is Rick Mayall. He's yeah, dead now. Yeah. Not in our hearts. Yeah, he, he died during a Busco meeting or something. Yeah, I was like, can we not do this now? Yeah. Oh, I've got to establish what Busco is now. Um, Grace and I used to be in a student theatre company. Rick Mail died. And I said, can we go home? And I was told, no, it wasn't a good enough excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yes it is. I actually stood up and said, Rick Mail died today. Can I go home? Yeah, you, me, and Luke were just like, yeah, I'm actually genuinely sad about that. And everyone's like, everyone was like, everyone's like, like oh, Drop Dead Fred. And I was like, I hate Drop, Drop Dead, Dead Fred, Fred, but. Ones, you know. I was like, I love him. I love him in bottom. Let me go home and watch some Rick Mail do slam poetry, yeah, please. Yeah, let me watch Guest House Paradiso, please. I beg you. <laughs> we should do that on the show. There's Simon <laughs> Pegg in it. Does it? And Bill Nye. Simon Pegg is the the young couple with the, the guy in the young fam with the family like mm. and he gets like he has a nipple ring and it's like they use a fishing line to try and rip it off. Oh no! That's the young Simon Pegg. Hey, look, guys, our Simon main Pegg. character is developing a bit. The dog. Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. Here's a fun fact. On IMDb, it says Mr. Darcy as Mr. Darcy, uncredited. And then it says in the credits here, a different dog. So it says, like, such and such dog as Mr. Darcy. It's like, so who is the real Mr. Darcy? I don't know. So this is a scene that you saw in all the trailers. Is this is the scene that they talk Russell Brand teaching them the seven laws of crime, and I you know what I find laws really no same. they're brainstorming types of crime. It's not no, but laws yeah, of crime. no, no. It says they're right there. The seven laws of crime. Oh. Can you read? 
Jeez, Grace, if you're going to come to this podcast <laughs> you with your financial and with your financial facts that are wrong, I'm and this and this and this, you're going you're to get everything off. off oh, uh, you're going to get your Avril Lavigne wrong. Why wouldn't you tell me what year it came out? All right, here we go. 2007, 27th of February, oh. 2007. We are coming up on the 10-year oh. anniversary of Girlfriend. Oh. How dare you? Well, I'm still right about the I law. know my Avril Lavigne, sir. Is that a great fact to state? <laughs> I know my Avril Lavigne, sir. Is that a good fact to state? I don't know. It's a fact. I didn't state the goodness or badness of it. It's as good as Russell Brand's acting it as a German gay man. It can't more obvious. So, Bartek. That's me. When you watch this film, yeah, right. what character... Yeah. spoke to you the most. Not your favourite, yeah. but like in The Breakfast Club. What one do you relate to the most? They don't have to be favourite. What one did you relate to the most? Who are you in this? Who am I in this? Um, Who are you? Is, your mum. Is that like you're asking me which click you think I'd be? No, which like, character? Which character? Um, I know which click you would be. I know. Don't say geek. First year. <laughs> <laughs> you're a child. Always I'll rubbing. take it. Um, aren't I the oldest one of the three of us? What's that about? Yeah, you are, I think. Grace is really old, though. I'm very young, how dare <laughs> so you? So Grace is, like, old enough to remember the originals when they came out. We didn't want the to originals? say... The original... The original... Centurions. How dare you? I'm so young. I'm younger than... <laughs> That's what an old together. person... That's an old person would say. <laughs> no, an old person would say young at heart. Mm, yeah, eat it. Grace doesn't have a heart. She's she very true. She she lady, you hear that, Ryan? She ate said, it. Ryan, yeah. she said eat it. Eat Old it. people don't say that. Eat it, beat yeah. it, schmeat it. So who do you relate to, mate? <laughs> While you were arguing, I was like, yes, I'm going to think about the answer, but then I have to interject. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Why don't you answer first, then I'll... Uh, I really... Uh, considering they're all female characters... Who cares? I know, but that's... A, no, you, you're like, Sexist, okay. Ryan? Oh my god, I can't believe no, you. No, no, they're all very, I'm very, disgusting. very feminine. But out of, out of them, the one I, I think I relate to the most would be uh, Misha Barton. <laughs> As the PR expert in that one scene. She's trying with that accent. She's trying. Is that an accent? She's trying. <laughs> Is she I looked, not supposed to be American? I looked her, <laughs> No, she's on, trying I, an accent. I hadn't heard of her. I looked her up and apparently she's British-American, so I guess she has one of those hybrid accents. <laughs> So I liked her. The uh, I related to her. I I would say Russell Brand as well, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go her out of the students definitely, because she succeeded. She she knew the gift of the gab and all that. And I feel like I I could be a. I reckon I could do PR. I reckon I could give it a try. Give me a go. Hire me. <laughs> you know I know one's famous oh because God. I don't have me. <laughs> No one's what about you, Grace? Who do you relate to? Um, Which I don't know if I relate to, you? but the one that spoke to me the most was Kel's, Gemma Arterton's character, but just, just because I really... Because you wanted to be in her pants, wasn't it? No, that is incorrect. Um, it's, it's just because, I don't know, she just has the fucking oh cool factor that is just very... What about this girl? Me when I was younger. I don't know if I relate to any of them, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, Grace, you, you, you know, you could be Mr. Darcy. I wish. Humping legs. Humping oh, the Mr. Dog. Darcy's leg. The dog, how dare you. Like I did the Yamek on Yeah, I did. I'm like, <laughs> I don't see I mean, where this is going. Okay, okay. Everything I say is not in relation to Colin Firth unless I specifically say Colin Firth, okay? <laughs> 
I just want to talk about Colin Firth. Russell Brand. No, I'm not talking about Colin Firth, Grace. Jesus. I just want to talk about Colin Firth. Leave me alone. I really like the 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 the, the actresses of the the, the, the little twins, girls. The Mayhem twins. I yeah. think they were really really well done because they mm. played it just the right amount of brattiness, like mm. just right. Good job, Cersei. Keep them in. Keep them in. Yeah, yeah. Cersei would later there have some kids of her not own. Many girls on that fucking bus. Uh, Ryan, you went. To, did you go to a bus. school where you had to wear a uniform? Uh, a public school. Yes, we had to wear a uniform, but not like this. Yeah, because when they had that whole line about having to uphold the school's image, that just gave me flashbacks to mm. high school. Well, in my final years of high school, I wore jeans, and the teachers didn't care, because I was vice-captain as well, so they definitely didn't care. That, that, they should have cared more. Oh, you were second-head boy? Yeah, I was yes. second-head boy. <laughs> so uh, they really should have cared that I wore jeans to the Anzac Day ceremony, but they really didn't. You know why? Because they're really good jeans. <laughs> I think and we... our uniforms were blue, so it matched the jeans. Mm. So I was all right. Um, my last two years of high school, we got free dress in senior school in year eleven and twelve. Oh, what so was that? I did wear jeans to Anzac Day two years running. I was Woo. uniform all the way. You were boys' school. Yeah, all boys. So wait, yeah, we can get Bartek's perspective. You didn't go to a girls' school, did you? No, I went coed. Yeah, you went to just a boys' school. All boys. This is an all girls' school. I did productions at an all-girls school. But hold on. Did you find that your boys' school was similar to this? Or what was the differences between Centrinians and, and Bartek High? Well, our school was by the beach, and I think some of the students were a bit rich, so and we were, like, super Catholic, and we had brothers around the place. In fact, there was what do you a, mean, brothers? As in... Like, the, the male Religious brothers. What does that mean? I didn't go to a Catholic boys' school. Like, the, the, it's, it's the, just the male version they're of like, nuns, isn't it? They're kind of like monks, but not monks. They're brothers. So they're not priests? Are they like no. nuns? So are they priests in training? No. You've heard the term brother before, don't be like this. I really haven't. I'm it's, not a it's, good Catholic. Isn't it just male, male nuns? Is that what they are? I think so. Yeah, so are they, kind of? are they groomsmen of Christ? <laughs> groomsmen of Christ. Because <laughs> the groom of Christ, I imagine, would be... I think... Oh, yeah, nuns are brides of Christ or something, aren't they? That's exactly what I meant, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if they're the boy nuns... They're not concept... That's a, that's a great name, by the way. Boy, boy nuns. nuns. For the band of <laughs> Catholics. Like, we got a new band. No, boy sorry, nuns. The high school that I went to is the origin of the band Jet and the current band Ocean Grove. Jets? They recently came back to support Bruce Springsteen. Yep. The, the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, what were you asking about me about going to boys' school? What's the similarities and differences you see between this and you were like, we had a beach, we were rich and very Catholic. Well, I'm they saying, have a river. Well, I'm saying, Catholic. Ryan, that... The Thames. I'm saying that their attitudes are a bit differently and because it was a super Catholic school, even though this one was the saint school... So you didn't have a fretting and I feel like it just it wasn't as crazy. I mean, you're asking me to compare my school to this by one aspect but this has the one aspect of it being a super crazy school whereas my school wasn't super Well that's crazy. what I mean it's, it, but it Unless has many you talk aspects. to this a super a, atheist who's like oh you're Catholic you're crazy. This is an all crazy. girls Catholic school Yes with privatisation and money Oh well, evidently no money Oh no they have science equipment Grace they have many money Yeah they've got a chameleon 
They got boy nuns. They got boy nuns. So this is based on the cartoons, right? Or like the origin cartoons, drawings? No, it's based on the cartoons from uh, the little comic strips for the the disgusting science facts that you used to learn from with Rick Mail as well. Fun fact. Uh, I think it was horrible science. Like, yeah, uh, pretty sure. Are you... Horrible signs of Rick. I do not remember this. Rick Mail used to do like the voiceovers for the ads of you can get your horrible signs back at the post office with like <laughs> each week. For a second, I thought you were talking about um that that uh, gruesome like gruesome tales for gruesome kids that was narrated by Nigel Plain. Yeah, but ones. Rick Mail had an equivalent of that show in his live action, where he sat in a chair that had emu legs. <laughs> it's called uh, I think it was called Grim Grim Tales. I've heard of this, but I don't think I've seen it. So, I don't know if Rick Mayo... I mean, you know what would have been great? Actually, Rick Mayo should have been Flash Harry. <laughs> I would have watched the fuck out of that. Oh, me too. Where he, and if he hit on the girls, you'd feel wrong about it, but also, like, right about it. No, you, I No, because the weird thing about wrong. Rick Mayo was he was actually really, like... He had a lot of sexual charisma to him, and, like, especially in yeah, the New Lord Statesman. Flashheart. Yeah, and Lord Flash yeah. and, and, and New Statesman. Like, he was actually mm. a really attractive guy, but he could just pull faces. Really well. He would have been great in this. Like he would have walked up with that voice as well. On the one hand, yeah, but then we'd kind of be robbed of what Russell Brand brought to it. Can we not be robbed of Russell Brand? Well, I mean he doesn't do too much hey. films these days, does he? No, he does lots. Didn't yeah. he like stop to do more political stuff or something? He's doing documentaries. Good for him, man. He found he is. He's doing documentaries. Isn't that I cool? didn't say a word. You gave me a look like don't bullshit me. Ryan. No, I gave you the look that's just like, here we go. What's gonna? What's he gonna say now? He does. He actually does serious documentaries about political stuff. You're missing Misha Barton. And her. Am I missing Misha Barton or Shipper Barton, like you just said? I said Misha Barton. Sure. I have been thinking about your earlier question about which character I, <laughs> I think speaks to me, and and I don't get to say it because I want to ask what Grace is laughing at me. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> At me? Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking about the question you asked me 10 minutes ago that you've already answered. And I love I it and I want it. to hear it. Have you answered it? Oh, no. Barton never answers questions. <laughs> because, I keep, because I keep getting interrupted and then it gets to the point where we tangentialize so much that we forget about it. But I remember because a Bartlett never forgets except time we start doing recording. <laughs> <laughs> go Bartlett, go. Quickly, while she's laughing. Uh, oh, I leaned away from the mic to laugh because, <laughs> dear God, that was... Was that too real? That was just so came real. to the podcast two hours late, ladies two and gentlemen. Two hours late. He almost put a previous guest, Luke Peveril, to shame. <laughs> Grace and I were actually considering making a new show called Spit and Grace. <laughs> or... Spit and be graceful about Or... Doc Brown and Ryan's Adventure because <laughs> Grace Brown, are you related to Doc Brown? I'm not related to Doc Brown. Are though. you related to Pooh? Because that's Brown. How dare you. Take that back. Okay. You're not related to Doc Brown. I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> who do you relate to? Quickly. I actually think the headmistress. I knew you were going to be the man she's in the dress. She's, well, she's such well, a... Well, oh. like you said, Ryan, it's like with the British comedy, that's not really the joke. That's just a funny thing. But I yeah. think her character, also relating to something you said, because you're the smart. Um, you're the smart. You said and that the fun. And the fun. This uh, film. Yeah, dare you? Incorrect. You're the guest. That's <laughs> all you are. This film is very 
genuine and confident with its characters despite being very out there and farcical. And I think that character right there, even though it's got the whole thing that people slammed off at the... This is not realistic. This is a character who's male. Well, I mean, sorry, this is an actor who's male playing a female character. But the whole love tension between... The headmistress and Colin Farrell is played genuinely. Colin Farrell. Did I? No, I Farrell? said the one. The one Mr. That, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> Not the dog. The one that the King's Speech dude. Colin Firth. Yep. Colin Firth. Jeffrey Rush. I just. <laughs> I just think it's brilliant that you can have a character who's got this really crazy characterization, and you can play it genuine. And yeah. I feel like that's me. Sure. Uh, you know something interesting about about. Rupert Everett too, like, I commended earlier about, like, you know, this character has always been, like, a man in a dress, you know, on the, you know, the actor, I mean, not the character itself. It's very interesting where the line is for people, like, a lot of people that, they just didn't want to cross, they're like, no, I don't accept this. And I've had instances like that, like, I saw the musical of Matilda on stage, and I was actually very disappointed that Trunchable was played by a man in... And trying like just you know played by man. I was like, oh, I was expecting they would have actually got like a woman to do it because I'm like that's such a great female character as well, like as a monster. And you know, you, you, it's weird where the line is for some people in this issue, and maybe this film challenged people too hard on where that line is for them. Like with Grace, it challenged her values on whether or not giving gobbies to find out about lasers. Maybe that's too much for, for Grace to handle. And for me, growing up, you know, characters with names like Peaches, that's where the line was for me. And, and Bartek, you know, who knows Well, I've seen Ice Age 4, so I know about Peaches. <laughs> Continental Drift? Yeah. Fuck. That's what Manny's daughter's name is. Continental is, Drift? Is that the one that... Um, no, that's the dinosaur one. Isn't Four the dinosaur that's one? That's the third one. The third one? Okay, that's fucking the one. Idiot. The fourth one is the one where Drake plays a mammoth. Now, we haven't talked about the elephant in the room, Stephen Fry. Um, you mentioned him earlier. You haven't talked about him while he's in the room. What do you think of Stephen Fry? He's playing himself in this as well, might I add. Yes. What do you think of that? I didn't really catch that he was playing himself. It's quite like, a... Do they actually Stephen say... Fry is Stephen Fry. Yeah, yeah, but did they actually say this is Stephen Fry? Um, I no, I think they just call him Sir and Mr... Yeah, so I think it's because they don't have to because you know that's Stephen Fry. And he yeah. does QI and he does a lot of these hosting things, so he's yeah. basically playing the equivalent of himself. And he does say stuff which is only very Stephen Fry esque. Like he gets very um a bit of Fry and Laurie later on when he takes the uppers. He gets very QI when he takes the uppers. <laughs> if I'm one hundred percent honest, um, what do we think of? him in this film because we've already covered a bit of him on, on Thunderpants but it's actually he a was a minor character he was refreshing to see him in this where he's also not a villain because he was a villain in Thunderpants I actually like seeing he was him an asshole yeah yeah the uh, antagonistic figure but not really the main villain no a villain there was no villain yeah. in that movie other than the society oh yeah the British society so they were the devil this movie I like Stephen Fry being able to take a moment of fun to play with himself like not play with himself but play, play himself and what I find interesting is Stephen Fry is a very interesting guy. He has like bipolar and he's gay and he's very yeah, and he's very very intellectual, and he's got a lot of existential angst. So when I see that scene in this where he's like, "Is this all there is?" and all that, I'm like, "That's just Stephen Fry." 
And I made a joke. Oh, he's talking to the director, probably. Like, there's a bit later where he's like, you know, you hear him, like, in the background, like, in the quiz, saying really silly, weird things. Like, wouldn't it be great if it was him talking to the director? Like, honestly, being like, you have no idea what you're doing. Like, but I like the fact that like, he takes uppers and downers. Stephen Fry also used to do some drugs as well, especially being bipolar. He would have to take kind of that kind of medication. So when they give him uppers and downers, I just sat there going, Stephen Fry knows what these are. <laughs> he doesn't need to pretend that he doesn't. Not only is it the fact he's done them before, but he's also an intellectual. So I really doubt that Stephen Fry is perplexed by drugs. Like, so you know is, what I mean? Like uppers and downers, which have been around really, since forever. really philosophical thing. Like, he's playing himself, but he's doing... He's reacting to things like he himself wouldn't. So is he acting? Is he not acting? Plot twist, it's actually Hugh Laurie dressed up as Stephen Fry. <gasps> He unzips the mask. <laughs> and he's like, ta-da! Now to be really serious in-house. Hey, look. Now I am American. I don't know how I feel about the TV show House. I think I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those... Because it's on Netflix. It's one of those ones that whenever me and my friends are trying to decide what to watch on Netflix and we can't decide, it's like, do you want to just watch House? Yeah, we'll watch House. Let's can, find one of the guest episodes. Can we Can we cut back to their shot of him there taking? Oh, no, not that one. They just shot earlier where like, well, the cameras, it was like on a wonky angle. I'm like, mm. straighten that up, mate. Like, and sure, keep that in. There was a moment in this film... Like, this film's great, but with every film, there's technical errors. Not every film, even Citizen Kane, can't be perfect. There was a moment for me, I was saying this to Grace before we started the show, that it just cracked me up. There's a moment in this where Russell Brand has to pretend to be German and gay. Yes. And he has this dialogue, he's speaking to Rup- the other Rupert Everett character, because we haven't really mentioned, Rupert Everett plays two people on this. And he did a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for this, too. He really campaigned for this to get made. Yeah, he really campaigned to get this made. I really... Great camera angle. Yeah, uh, I, I really love... There's... It reminds me of certain John Travolta movie. Pulp Fiction, of course. Uh, no, it makes me... Uh, you know... This editing style that they have with this Russell Brand moment where he's talking and it just cuts to another scene. Like, usually, it's like, you could tell by the way it was done he was halfway through a sentence mm-hmm. and they just cut it. And it was great because it reminds me of this film shows us that even the big studios use Windows Movie Maker to pile the film together. <laughs> and it really made me feel. There's a transition scene that, you know, Grace and I briefly talked about. I think, Grace, you said it was your favourite transition shot. In which is a couple of moments later where I think it's like one well, of the girls is like looking up and it all becomes weird and blue above their I didn't head. I that was my favourite And she said it was shot. a favourite shot. You're putting words in my and mouth. Transition shot. And, and it becomes all weird and blue in her head and it zoomed and it goes up and it's the sky and now we're outside Centrinians. This is what we call masterclass filmmaking. And you know why it's masterclass? Because this film needed two directors. Two male directors. Directors. How do we feel? Also, how do you feel about that? Like, pretty much, most of the writers are men, and the directors are men for this female empowerment movie. Explains a fair bit. Like, I'm not surprised. What does it explain? The sexualization? Yes, yes, it does. Well, you know, one person who did make a comment about the two directors, right? Who? Well, like you mentioned before, it was actually Orson Welles. Ah. Oh. He, he looked at this film and thought, mm-hmm. hmm, when I made Citizen Kane, I was the only director. I, I should have had another. I knew it. I should have had another. And he really should have hired, like, 
Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis is actually like a genius behind the camera. You know that, right? You know Jerry Lewis invent. I can't remember he invented something that actually changed the way that we do movies now, like something for the camera. Like, Jerry Lewis is actually an inventor. Did he invent the record button? No. But no, he invented something, like, very essential. I can't remember what it is. I love that. This Was is it my favourite outfit. Like no, no, a, like a physical device. thing, a device or something. Now, look at this outfit. I've not seen such great costume design since Thunderpants. You know, we haven't seen... But look at this, Grace. How do you feel? How do I feel? About this, this outfit. I loved her descent down the stairs because it was just so quick. I love that the outfit's a mixture of Queen Elizabeth and Queen Victoria. Mm. It's, it's like the most, the two most powerful that she could choose. Mm-hmm. And he's got the Prince Philip on. <laughs> Happy with that one? Oops. The flying dog. And this is the favourite moment for everyone in the cinema. Everyone cheers, don't they, Grace, when they see the dog go in? Go into the shredder? Yeah. You know what my favourite part was? There was enough of the dog to bury in one mound. Like, the the mound of the dirt was really high as well, so there was enough dog left over to bury. <laughs> I don't know how, if you noticed that, but I did. So, I relate to Misha Barton. You relate to the headmistress. and and Misha Barton? She was the PR one. Right, that's right. We went over this. I know, but it's been a while. But I think really deep down, my 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 personal favourite character is Russell Brand as Flash Harry. I think he just brings a heart and soul to this movie that needed to be there. And I like the fact that at the end of the movie, I don't know, but do you think he pimped himself out? What, to more men? No, to Rupert Everett's character, because Rupert Everett no, kisses him on so. the mouth. Yeah. And they have this kind of acknowledging look and Russell Brand is all like flustered and just runs out of there. But and I thought, oh, at first I thought, oh, maybe. Now, maybe you guys can view it for me and, and try and see in the lens that I'm seeing. And like, did he actually pimp himself out to get this painting done? Because no, Rupert Everett because was Rupert pretty... Rupert Everett wants it from him. No, but like, but Rupert Everett wanted to give him like the pleasure. You know, like... No, Rupert... That was a whole scene where it was no, like... No, Rupert Everett thought that that would get the painting off of him. No, I thought Rupert Everett was actually interested. <laughs> no, I don't know. I thought he was... Yeah, and since Rupert Everett obvious. himself is very gay, I thought he... I thought that was really sincere from that character because who knows, that character could be gay. Like, actually, I thought that moment, oh, he's, the dad's gay. Or he's, 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 he's bi. Or he's bi. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought Russell Brand actually fulfilled that that homosexual encounter that the Rupert Everett was willing to participate in because the way they both interact. But through the thing, um, Flash Harry is like basically throwing up in his mouth and being generally yeah, effective. and he looks genuinely sick mm. by the time they're selling the painting, and he gets a kiss on the mouth, and he's like, but honestly, you know, you could see it as oh, he's just flustered because he's been playing this too long, and he wants to be Flash Harry, and also he, you know, he's doing a higher level of crime than he's used to and playing espionage and all that. Mm. But I don't know, I just interpreted it as did he pimp himself out? And see, we're having a debate about he clearly it. Clearly didn't. No, clearly didn't. Because if I thought of it, if I interpreted it that way, there's a possibility, and that is what's great about this movie. It's it's subjective. It's allowing us to most, have this debate, Grace. Are. Not every film. Have you seen Citizen Kane? It's telling you what it's about. It's not letting you feel it. It's telling you. Well, this film here, it's letting you feel. It's letting you question. And Russell Brand's performance is one of the key moments of this film. The one of the keys that unlock. The mysteries of Centrinians. You can't keep the German accent off, but I feel like that adds to the comedy of it. 
I think this bit to him saying I am German that actually got that got a real big belly laugh out of me. <laughs> like I got a real big belly laugh, and I liked the crucifixion earlier of the little girl. That was like the first joke I properly out loud laughed and clapped at. Like I went ha ha like that when it just it's had Catholic that school. that jump cut. She was crucified on the chalkboard, and there was nothing said and nothing done. Russell Brand, look at him wiping off Rupert Everett's trousers. Who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Are you sure? He didn't go to school with me. Are you sure? It's Ruben. It's Ruben. Okay, okay. He wiped the trousers if he went to school. What? <laughs> he wiped the trousers. Oh, I must have wiped his trousers. He didn't go to school with me. I only wiped trousers of the people I've gone to school with. Like the boy nuns. <laughs> You've really never heard of brothers? No, not really, because I also grew up in a in a country town, so we didn't get the luxury. Even the Catholic school wasn't as probably well funded as yours. It wasn't even an all boys, all girls. It was just a Catholic school, so they probably didn't even they didn't even have nuns. The best they had were just teachers who happened to be Catholic. That was it. There was no brothers. There were no nuns. There was no nothing. I went so to- I'm used to that. I went to United Church School and not even all the teachers were religious. I got really confused. In my final years of uh, primary, uh, pub, uh, high school in a public school, we got given a chaplain? A school chaplain? We had a school chaplain. I was really confused because I thought, I thought we don't get those. Like, <laughs> and she really looked like the Vicar of Dibley. She looked like Geraldine Granger? Yeah. She she looked 100... Was she Dawn French? Possibly. It could be. But I, I, I don't think it was, because that was when Dawn French lost a lot of weight and was selling meat for Coles. No, she was selling car insurance for Coles. Oh, fuck, it's the same difference. There's meat involved. There's meat involved in car insurance. Car insurance. Car insurance? Car insurance. My favourite. Look how much of a dog there is to bury. And look here, guys. This movie's more laid. It's, a, it's, it's making an Italian job reference in this one very scene. The Mark Wahlberg classic. Or the Michael Caine, whichever one you want. I don't really care. Did you know that Edward Norton had to do the Italian job? Like, he, he didn't have a choice. He had to be in it. Like, wow. Because contracts. Oh, okay. He had no choice. Like, he, he I was, thought he just had, it was like, like he was you get to do to. Fight Club, but you have to do the Italian job in return. And he's like, oh, okay. So that's why you see him in some movies. Isn't, isn't that why Vince... Um, Vince, no. Uh, Vin Diesel did Triple X because he wanted to do Chronicles of Riddick? Yeah. It's also why Vince Vaughn... Does every movie. <laughs> he does every movie so he can be in every movie? Yeah. I really wish Vince Vaughn was in this movie as the goth. I was actually going to... I mean, emo. 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 Uh, get it right, Ryan. Bad, Ryan. Smack <laughs> in the face. You should slit your wrist. Not really. Don't do that, Ryan. You're a good boy. You're I the... can back you up on that. You are a good boy. You're the fun. I remember this was the scene where... Um, <laughs> Unlike Grace, who's the guest here. Yeah. In this scene here, there's eventually a... Sh- the guest uh, cannot be fun. There's eventually a uh, editing effect where they show like every single character like lined yeah, up in squares. The ve- the rightmost ones had the twins, mm. but I was sitting kind of far from the screen and wasn't paying full attention. I thought there were like two random police Oops. officers. Yeah. So when I paused to rewind, I looked at it, like the ti- the timeline for how far I'm through the movie. I'm like, Jesus, this feels like it's going to the ending, but there's still half an hour left. I like the fact that this is really music video, the film. Yeah. No, here's something I just noticed, Grace. You know, you were talking about confidence, and we were talking about confidence and, and Gemma Arden. Look at her, the way she walks. 
It, she's the most confident. Not not like everyone else who just like walks normal. She walks where she makes her her entire chest, not just her breast, but her entire chest go from left to right. She's strutting. She's strutting her stuff. I mean, look at everyone else. They're fine. But none of them are gem. In this gem. Is she the best one for you? Is she your favourite? I think she's one of my favourites. I do quite like Miss Fritten as well, just because Miss Fritten really stands up for Annabelle. Yeah, and, and uh, like I said, Fritten's really the main reason you come to see this. It's that classic character that you don't see enough of, but you see right amount. Like, you want to see more of them. You feel like you don't see enough of them in the movie, but what you do see is gold, and it makes you want to see more. And did I say gold? I think that's related to the second movie. I'll keep it for that one. Yeah, right. No spoilers. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Oh. So it'll be a first timer for I me. I have. Is it good? Uh, well... Don't say. Wait, wait. We've got to have a guest who's seen both. Is this one better than the second one? Was the second one better than the, um, the first one for you? You can say... It depends what you're looking for. To be honest, I think the first one is better, but the second one isn't like that much of a drop. It has David Tennant in it with mm. grey hair. Yeah, and being very slimy. And he has a sidekick who I can never remember the name of. Ah, yes. The TARDIS. So... <laughs> so I'm, starting to, I'm starting to feel like a TARDIS with all these Who references, so let's go back to the film. All one of the Who references <laughs> we made. We literally said David said it. And then I just said TARDIS, and you're like, too many. <laughs> too many. Like, I know who David Tennant is. Can I just say that as someone who does not know Doctor Who, and I see a lot of people on Facebook sharing uh, screenshots from the show with subtitles about things that just don't seem to be about anything, and talking in the comments about how, oh, that was such a great moment. I'm just like, what is this show? Wait, hold on. you saying that, but that's what we do on this show. We look at movies that seem exactly like those pictures that you see, but they're 95 to 100 minutes long. Mm -hmm. We cover films where people on the outside would be like, that's not brilliant, that's not, you know, that's just whatever. And we're the guys saying, look at Stephen Fry here. It's not so Brilliant. much that I'm saying it's not good. All I'm saying is, what is the context yeah, of this Yeah, you're, you're out of the loop. And that's what we're trying to do for you guys. Get you in the loop. Get you into that Centrinian skirt. So just to end... Show your garters. So just to clarify this whole Who thing, it's basically just Bill and Ted, right? No, it's yes. it's more Less like... George Carlin. More George Carlin needed. <laughs> In Doctor Who? Yeah. They should resurrect his corpse and get it. Him <laughs> and Bill Hicks. <laughs> so, now all the girls are wearing black, see? See how they've transformed into beautiful little butterflies? They're all goths. No, they're emos. Get no, no, no. Right. They've, all tra- they've all transformed, Ryan, even the emo. She's now gone. Grace, what do you think of Juno Temple's white girl dreadlocks? I'm not a big fan, to be honest. What do you think? White people can't do dreads? Well, clearly Juno yeah. Temple did. As in, yeah, they can't? Or as in, yeah, yeah, they, they can't. can't. Why? I don't want to get into this ride, to be honest. Why? It doesn't look good? Because, well, one of the many reasons, yeah. It's one of the reasons, but it's the cultural appropriation. <laughs> Correct, yeah. What? She's got a little clip in it, though. And it's dyed pink. Come on. Judo Temple's really stretching out. (laughs) She's really having to withdraw her tits in this movie. So she's got to give us something? Is that what (laughs) you're saying? She's got to give us... She's like, if I can't show you my tits, I can show you what I can do with my hair. She's a school child. Also, how old is Judo Temple now? Old enough. So ten years ago, was she old enough? 
Yeah, I think so because um, she. I think she did mainly nude roles or just uh, uh, around this time. Yeah, she's usually naked. It's like Eva Green. She was in a movie called Dreamers, and she was only seventeen years old, and she's like full on naked in that. Hmm. And there you go. That's a fun fact about Eva Green being nude. If you didn't know that, fun fact, she gets naked too. Look up actresses who get naked on Google. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> Juno Temple's agent. Didn't Seth MacFarlane, when he hosted the Oscars, have a song about actresses whose... Yeah, we've seen your boobs. Except for Jennifer Lawrence's, and then and eventually we did, thanks to hackers. Or should I say, no thanks, hackers. That's a terrible thing to do. Hackers? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, the leaks. I thought you meant the right. movie. I'm like, Angelina Jolie? <laughs> Fuck. I thought you meant every Neil Breen movie ever made. Oh, if you mentioned Neil Breen again, I swear to God. So, the little girls use their technique of being children to win the day. Mm-hmm. What's a technique of yours that you think you could have used to get out of that situation? Humor. You think you could have made the guards laugh, huh? Okay. I'm a guard. Bart's a guy of guards. We're walking into this <laughs> no, gallery. No, don't make me roll play. We're in walking here. into this gallery. Oh. Here you are yeah. in your outfit that you got on now yeah. with those glasses near the Scarlett Johansson painting. Uh-huh. What are you doing in here? What, what am I doing in I'm not going to roleplay this with you, Ryan. Why do you make me roleplay? Should I shoot her? <laughs> Get your gun. <laughs> go back to the go back to the cafe. Get the gun. We shouldn't have left it there in the first place. Jesus, we're gonna get in so much trouble. Oh, I'm sorry, Wyatt. By this time, I have slipped into the toilet. And, and that's how you got away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would use my feminine wiles to get my way out of there, where you guys can play guards, and I'll be like gobbies, and you'll be like, yeah, zip. No, so you're one of the posh studies. Yeah, Feminine Wiles. And Bartek, I think you would walk up to them. And go super sane. No, no, I think you'd walk up to them and grab their badge and put it on you (laughs) and be like, I am one of you. And they're like, you are. And then they would accept it. Grace used... I imagine when you said I would use my humour, they would walk in and be like, what are you doing in here? And you're like, uh... Knock, knock. No, uh, <laughs> what's the deal with art heists? When have we ever made a Jerry Seinfeld joke? Every day. Every day. You no, know, she should go like, me being here except not with me. It's like the YouTube videos of the B movie, like you just cut her out. Every time like, Grace is a B, <laughs> this audio commentary speeds up by five. <laughs> Every time you look at me, you get one closer to dying. I can't wait for someone to listen to this podcast in one 10 closer, years I time. One second closer. <laughs> I can't wait for someone to look at the B memes in 10 years time and still wonder <laughs> what was happening there. And they listen to this podcast. It's like, oh, they got it. They, 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 they it. Every time Grace, every time, what is it? Is it a snake tattoo? It's a snake, I think. It's a snake wrapped around a sword or something. What's the sword representing? I don't know. Now this, this girl here, the, the goth, uh, emo. Mm. The the chick who looks like she really wants to be the evil witch in um the the craft. Mm. Why can't she just wait? Or why can't she just go first? Climbing across this rope. Because she's scared. But she's emo. They don't have feelings. Uh, That's the entire point of what? being an emo is that they do have feelings, right? Oh, is that it? It's... Yes, emo is like <laughs> emotion. Oh do you my know what God. emo stands for? It means emotional. Short for no, it stands for. No, she said it wasn't that. 
She says emotionally unstable. That's what they, she said emo stood for. Ryan, yeah, that means so they they're have unstably emotion. No emotions that means, is that unstable. That doesn't mean a lack of emotion. That means if anything oh, sensitive okay, emotion. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, so if I, I walk around with no emotions, you wouldn't say, oh, he's emotionally unstable because he's got no emotions. No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say he's emotionless. Mm. He's a sociopath. Or he's stoic. Yeah, that's it. Emotionally unstable stoic. is more like you're <laughs> no. sensitive. No, no. Stoic. What? what? I'm stoic. You are not. I am so stoic You're that so it hurts stoic. you. No. I'm not only a stoic, but I'm a strigoid. See, Grace, <laughs> this is what Ryan does when he's wrong. He just tries to find a way to be right? funny. Mm. Well, someone's going to be funny on the show, but it's like we can't give your character I thought Grace right. is doing really well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, Grace's great comedic routine of, that song came out in 2007, Ryan. Let me Google. Wee! Or, or, Why are you I, holding such a grudge? Oh wait, wait! Because he was wrong. <laughs> the grace. <laughs> Correct. No wrong. The great grace routine of no, I will not join you in your role play. That would involve humor, which I said I would use, but I won't. <laughs> you know, <I'm> not- <laughs> we one time used to be able to have fun with Grace, but that was when we did Sorority Boys. I hated Sorority Boys. <laughs> fun fact: if you rewatch, re-listen to that episode, Grace loves that episode. That loves that that film. You can hear me leave my body. You can hear my <laughs> spirit leave my body and get replaced boys. with good taste for I- good films. Yummy. Incorrect. You know who's incorrect? Stephen Fry's hair. He just doesn't know how to sit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever looked at old QI and his hair's, like, parted in the middle? Mm-hmm. And you look at it now, it's like this, and it's just like, it just is like, give it a rest, Steve. Your hair's given up. Just shave it off. I don't know if you've really got a leg to stand on by criticising Stephen Fry, right? I think he's got a bit further than you have. Uh, okay, fine. I can't... Then you can never criticise Donald Trump or Malcolm Turnbull or anyone who's significantly more powerful no, that's a good or point. financially secure or anyone. Oh, that's we live good... in a world where, where, oh, I can't even stand up to Bartek. Oh, no. Ooh, because he's got a beard and I don't. Where does the line end, Grace? Where does the line you end? Know what? Fair enough. Where, yeah. I agree. Thank you. You're welcome. I have many legs to stand on. I have three. Oh, so, no. <laughs> is that a penis joke, Ryan? No, it's a deformity joke, Bartek. <laughs> In a way, a penis is a deformity. <laughs> if, it's, if it's on something else, yeah. If it's, yeah, Bartek, we're not going to get into the penis deformity discussion. Look, Ryan. Oh, I thought she was going to give her a gobby just now. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Put it on the brain. That's too much. The penis is the nose of the lower body. <laughs> what? It's clearly the nipple. Get it right. You milk it. Look, I've seen nothing but trouble. I know what I'm talking about. I watched that last night. I watched the house buddy last night. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know you said you watched nothing but trouble. I did too. And I was did like, you really? Yeah, I was like, I, I just mentioned nothing but trouble, and you immediately said, I just watched it last night. I'm like, whoa, whoa. That's a coincidence. No, sorry. We will cover the house bunny one day. Good. I well, was we on, won't. I don't know how I feel about I Anna was on Ferris. a Colin Hanks bend, and he's in the house bunny, and I'm like, okay. Who's Colin Hanks? Colin Hanks is Tom Hanks' son. He's he? in Orange County. The movie? Yes. With Jack Black? Yes. Is that any good? Hmm? I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's on my list. What's the film? Uh, Orange County. Orange County. Not OC, the TV show with... Mm, what you say? And Michelle Barton. 
was Misha Barton. That is what she's known for. <laughs> no, I thought she was a model. No, she's known for the OC. Ryan, you're going to kill me. No, no seriously. I'm going to tell wait, you. Wait, Grace, give me, give me a fucking break. You just said I don't have a leg to stand on. You were wrong. Now you're backpedaling. Give me a fucking break. What? Can you believe that me, when the OC came out, let's just say for argument's sake, I was 11. What do you know Misha Barton from then? I thought she was a model. You I know how some people has. you just know their names? Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Like, you know, like, oh, Misha Barton, she's a model, yeah? Because she's very attractive. Mm. It's like how you can say Elle McPherson's an actress too, but you know her as The Body. McPherson. That's her title, The Body. Because she's hot. She's also a person. If it's also like, what's her name? Um... They call the, me the, the, the person. Furiosa. <laughs> Furiosa. Um, She's also a model. And I'm like, she can act, though. No, I know she can act, but yeah. I knew her as a model for like being glamorous more so than her and like monster. I guess one of our ones that we could say is that the guy that looks like Tommy Wiseau in uh, Vampire Academy, he's apparently mostly a model. Give me a break. Which one is the Wiseau in Vampire Academy? The, the- Russian. Oh, the Dampier uh, teacher bodyguard that yeah. she falls in love with. Yep. Yeah. Um, but Dimitri. enough about that. Dimitri, yeah. Mm. We got Colin Firth here about to get raped. What? He gets drugged and she fucks him without permission. And Grace just smacked me because I said it. Hold I said on, the R on. word. I said the R word. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I hate it. I Did they? Yes. She said that. She said you slipped something in me. It's like penis. Yeah, I just... Don't give me that... That's one of the moments I don't like about this film. Where she sexually assaults him. Yes. Yeah. Can you believe that I don't like that? No, I think it was your favourite moment, actually. How dare you? Take that back. Well, at least you didn't have that. I took nothing back. (laughs) You bastard. Grace, Grace, you want to know something? I regret nothing. (laughs) I know you don't. I was going to say, it's, at least it's not like the moment in Sorority Boys where you see the dried uh, ejaculate on his pants or something, or his dress. Oh, can we not talk about Sorority Boys? Can we talk about how this film has a lot of parallels to the movie Seabiscuit with Toby <laughs> Maguire? <laughs> that scene there where, right, where what? she was leaning over his uh, face and he was looking back. It's like the the poster to Seabiscuit with Toby Maguire where he's like near the horse's face. Because... Rupert Everett in that out in that attire as uh, the headmistress has a real horse face because he's got like the big fake teeth. Mm-hmm. His performance as her was what I like to call <coughs> teeth acting. Now there's a film I want to cover on this show. I want to check it out first to see if it's worthy. It came out last year called Triple Nine with Anthony Mackie and Aaron Paul and Woody Harrelson played a guy in that movie. It's a copper movie. He played a guy with false teeth and he was teeth acting too. Where they have false, like, prosthetic teeth and they have to kind of maneuver around that where no matter what they do, there's that lisp like just comes from having fake teeth in. And I, and I want to do a trilogy of fake teeth movies where you have... where you eventually lead up to the movie teeth. You know, the one where she has teeth in her vagina. Yes, I'm aware of the movie teeth. I have a friend who keeps telling me I should watch it. I'm like, ah, maybe. And he goes, it's a masterpiece. I'm like, is it? That's a movie where every character, every male character is a potential or is a rapist. Even the gynecologist is a professional. <laughs> what do you do? So, Bartek, did you find them to be your OTP? Yeah, you know, probably. <clears throat> Grace, did you write a slash fiction about them? They're not slash fiction because they're a heterosexual oh. pairing. Are they? Yes. You could write it as Rupert Everett and Colin Firth. 
if you if you wrote on the behind the scenes of it, this movie, then yes, it would. Check. So yes, you Is have it slash if it's real people. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. You can have slash of Napoleon and Hitler. They were real people. Yeah, you can. But is it called Slash? Yeah, it's called Historical Flash. Slash. <laughs> sure, sure. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You can make autobiographical Slash if you want. As it just real life have a like a gay relationship? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, just to have real life Slash. Just <laughs> That's how we call gay sex. Have real life Slash. It also means have a piss. Mm. So have a real life piss in a gay a relationship. It's called a golden shower, guys. Make sure you wear sunglasses. <laughs> what? I'm teaching them How are sunglasses going to protect your eyes? What do you mean? It's not going to get in your eyes if they piss. Then, yeah, but wouldn't you say goggles? No, because they're too cool for goggles. Goggles You're aren't fashionable. Still, you will still get piss in your eyes if you just wear sunglasses. Why do you say that? How do you know? I don't know. Ah, uh, sounds like Grace has been an expert. Because, right, what happens if they piss on the forehead? It's going to go down. Well, mm. no, but the forehead's going to be lent back. Is oh, that, you're an expert. Yeah, like, I I claimed this when we started. You're the one who's like counteracting me, Grace. You haven't got a leg to stand on on this. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken one of them. Yeah, so now I've got four. Mm. I keep kicking your drink bottle. You fucking monster, <laughs> Bartek. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just when this film that. chugged along at the rate it did, uh, you know, it took the twists and turns. What were some things that you didn't expect to happen in this? movie or, or even people you didn't expect to see well apart from the obvious of them being in the bed together and how that led to being that um <clears throat> the thing that rhymes with grape uh grace what? <laughs> it does not rhyme with grape <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> if you change one letter it doesn't rhyme but it's not what we're talking about yeah we're talking about rape go on things that surprised me um <clears throat> I suppose, I mentioned earlier in this episode that at first it took me a while to get into this film. <clears throat> and I think it was with the whole hazing thing that happened at the beginning. Yeah. I just felt like, oh, am I, are these people going to be the antagonists of this film? Or am I actually going to learn to like them? Are they going to mellow out a bit? And then as the film goes on, I compare memories of that to things like, <clears throat> sorry, I keep getting things in my throat. Like the, it's the gobbies. Like, the emo in this scene, uh, well, in the previous scene, how she was suddenly afraid of heights, and how the ho- hottie toddies, was that the... Yes. Hottie toddies had these insecurities about uh, their looks and their intelligences, and, and even the teachers, like the the one from Game of Thrones that you And Stephen about. Fry. And Stephen Fry, what about him? He's insecurities. They give him drugs to help his insecurities. Yeah, I, I didn't really focus too much on Steve Riles. He first picked his nose, so you should notice. He scratched his nose. He picked it, Grace. Uh, this is going to be a big debate again. Stop being a Stephen Fry defender. <laughs> I don't know. I think just the progression. Like, obviously, this is a film where one of the first big debates we had was what is this film about? Yeah. With films like that, there's really... It feels kind of redundant to ask what it surprised you because the whole thing kind of is a surprise. Oh, one thing, though, I would say is our... Uh, again, quote-unquote main character, having this whole transformation. You mentioned earlier the whole conformity thing. Mm. And not only her transformation, but also the the leitmotif of the love is... Uh, what is it? Blind? No, the, the, the when... Whenever Colin Firth 
has his little uh, love days moment with the headmistress. Yeah. What was that Infatuation. Song? Yeah, what was the song? Love is in the air. No, that's the credits. Da, da, love da, is an ever-changing thing. Love is an erection. Yeah. Look, whatever it is... Um, Wasn't it great? Mm. Expert, though. Both of these elements reminded me of the film Grease, because that song is the first song you hear in the movie, and also the ending ends with Sandy having a transformation. Yeah, the ending of both are problematic. Yeah. I always found Grease to be a bit of a confusing one, where it's like, if you can't change the bad boy, change yourself. Change the good girl. Yeah, become what he wants to be. Become him, basically. Or what he wanted at Do some Do you agree point, with that? About Greece? What are you asking? About Greece, how it's kind of problematic. Like, it's like, if you can't change the bad boy, well, yeah, but I feel you be the bad boy. Yeah. I always found that gross in that movie. Do you find that gross? No, really, I do. I know. I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's mainly because it's so upbeat about it. Like, the music is mm. like, yeah, upbeat. Mm. Da, da, da. The only Chris character is I'll... the word. Yeah. And I like Kaniki in Greece. I like Kaniki. He's yeah. dead now, too. <laughs> Hmm? The guy who played Kaniki. I did not know that. Yeah. He died a while ago. He died he? OD, I think. I think so. Well, actually, not what a while ago. Since he was, he, was a, he was a real... He was still a dancer, and he always had, like, severe injuries from dancing, so he just kept taking more and more pain medication. Hmm. I had a conflicting thing I was going to say. I thought was, I was going to say something like, oh, he died last century, but then I remembered he was in Dickie Roberts, while I was also going to say I liked him in Dickie Roberts. <laughs> Fuck. Who wasn't in Dickie Roberts? I'll give you an answer. Colin Firth. He was too busy on the set of Centrinians. Even though this film was made after, I'm pretty sure. He was on this set for years. He got off the set of Pride and Prejudice and he prepped himself for this movie here, Grace. And look at him. He prepped for this realisation scene for two years. And you can see it on his face. Look at him. He's also looking off the screen saying, there's my paycheck. Yay. But look at Rupert Everett. He didn't prepare. He just went in there and said, I'm going to play this however I want. And it worked. Because then we get a naked, or uh, somewhat naked Colin Firth. And did that get your blood pumping, Grace? A they seem. No, the naked Colin Firth that you get later. I, to be honest, I like him better in a suit. Like, not. Yeah, he's not an attractive guy, I agree. No, incorrect. Like, I, I like a pineapple. I just, I find the suit to just. I it's not, it's an. Oh my gosh. What? I like, his body's nice and everything, but it's just the suit did more for me. Which suit? The one in this or the one in Kingsman? Oh, the Kingsman See, look, suit's great. And look, he gives him, like, this little look, like, huh, and it's just like, mm, I don't know. Because he's like, let this be over already. I don't know. I think there's just in Rupert Everett, I don't know. This. I think there's something there. Some. Some sordid history. I feel like if he did have sex with him, he'd look more depressed rather than just like, let's he, get this over. He looks very depressed. He doesn't look depressed. He feel, he looks disgruntled. He, he looks, looks like he just very, wants to go. very depressed. And look at him when he's out. He's like, oh. Look well, that's him. also because he just, you know, played a joke on him in a way. No, but, no. I think he got, I think they did the slash. This isn't we already f- figured that out, haven't we, This Grace? isn't the first time this episode, but oh. Grace and I are on the same side. I love this guy. He was my favourite aspect of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's still doing news. Like, do you ever see that when it's, like, say, Australian movies and they have, like, actual reporters? Mm. Like, Carl Stefanovic was in the Independence Day movie, the Australian edition, and you hope that there's still reporters are doing something, like, 10, 20 years down the track. This is 10 years ago. 
I know that guy. Mm. He looks familiar. He's though. an inspect. He's Inspector something in a TV Morse? show. No, he's not Morse. Not Morse. Is he in War in the? No, that's Robson Green. Um, Inspector Lin or something. Inspector Linley. Yeah, Linley. Yeah, my mum watches the Inspector Linley. There, there's his dick. No. <laughs> you do not see Colin Firth's dick. Are you sure? See the top of the. Movie. I got the extended cut. It's called. <laughs> it's called the foreskin cut. <laughs> do you think he's circumcised or not? I don't know. I've not thought about it, to be honest. Think about it. So this band is a prominent this is player. Loud. I don't know who they are. I don't I know, really but I know like this song. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I actually thought it was actually a really good song to listen to outside of the film. Like, you know, like, if, say, if, say, you had this on a soundtrack, like, you gave this to a friend on a USB or an MP3 or, an, or something or other, and, and, you know, they didn't know Centrinians, it's just a fun song, and I think that's what we really need sometimes for these kind of music in films, where the song can stand alone outside of good dancing there. Outside of the the material it was originally made for, like there's so many you know iconic songs that were made specifically with movies in mind as well that just stand alone as great things like you know Blister in the Sun, that was for a movie for Gross uh, called Gross Point Blank. If you watch the uh, film clip for that, that movie's spliced into most of it. It's a good film. Check it out. Uh, I mean, it's no this. Uh, were you a big fan of Girls Aloud? No, I actually don't really know much about Girls Aloud other than what when they're referenced on like the English media I watch and that sort of stuff. You're listening to the English media, huh? I watch a lot of panel shows, yeah. Panel shows? Like um, QI. I don't watch a lot of QI. Like Why QI have I no QI? And Would I Lie to You? I watch it. No, not no QI. Anything with David Mitchell, I agree. Yeah, David Mitchell. Or, um, or Jimmy Mock Ca- the Week, Love, Cats Does Countdown. Yeah, Jimmy Carr stuff. Yeah, but you be cast off, though. I don't watch it for Jimmy Carr. Nah, he's he's a terrible individual. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite dance section there, the nerds. Oh, the good job, Juno. Yeah, just give us a cup of tea, Gemma. She's actually listed pretty late. Mm. And those girls, those some of them were in the trivia. Some of the people in the school challenge were playing themselves apparently their names are the exact same names of the wasn't, character like Tasman's playing Tasman wasn't the trivia that just like other cast members are just like named after yeah the, the, like the ones in the school challenge have their names are their names I, I'm with you by the way on um, Russell Brand being one of my favourite characters but I also want to give props to um, mm, the, the the students who were drugged with the chamomile tea <laughs> I, I feel like if she had just got up to me and went, hey, would you like some mushrooms? They would have been like, yeah, I'd love some. Because, we don't know if that's what happened them, or not. They're clearly like musicians and mm. musicians sometimes have that, not stigma, but like stereotype of, yeah, they like to experiment with drugs. Mm. Yeah. As someone who has played the piano once, I can guarantee you that's not the case. Now, the film has ended. And, if, you know, I'm going to go straight into my review. I, th- I think the best way to describe this film is confidence. I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. Confidence is key for this. Every character is flawed in the real world. In our world, I don't think there's a single person, really, that any of us would want to hang out with. 
Because they're all Cheryl Cole off Girls Aloud. Woo! All of them are selfish or egotistical or rude or a different class system, a different age, all that kind of stuff. They've got lots of stuff going on. But the film, the way it delivers these characters is with a flair, with a style, and with that kind of, yeah, we are girls. Woo! Boo, men, yay, feminism. You know, like Bender, like Beckham. Mm. And I think that's what really is key in this film, is the fact that it's aware of itself, but not winking at the camera all the time. I think the casting choices of Colin Firth and Rupert Everett and Russell Brand, they're the trifecta for me. And I know they're all, like, the guys in the movie, but I feel like they really even the playing field with the fact that the majority of the cast are female characters and that these that these three male actors imbue their characters so well that they're the things that you kind of walk away from when seeing Centrinians as well. I think that may also be weaknesses. I, I personally don't relate to the female characters as strongly. Also, maybe because I'm just a guy, but at the same time there has to be a bridging point and I do believe that the film does that once they actually focus on the heist. I got invested in the characters, I got invested in their motivations and once our main character transformed transformed into the beautiful Trinian that she really is deep down and the real Fritten girl that she is. If I have to give this a rating Bartek, if I have to give it a rating, I would give it 9 Russell Brand gobbies out of eight. It's one more than you know the best. <laughs> exactly. Um, who wants to go next? I shall, for I am me. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've established in other episodes that I am also you. So yeah. <laughs> That's, that was a while ago, wasn't it? It was literally two episodes ago. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> two weeks. Well. So, this film, St. Trinian's, I, like I mentioned earlier, I started off thinking, Ooh, will I like this? Where's it going? Uh, this, this feels a bit like some of the other movies that I had a hard time talking about. But then as it went on, much like Ryan, I got into it a lot more, started seeing its identity, started seeing comparisons with it from, you know, Band Slam, uh, sort of Catch That Kid with the whole heist thing. And also nothing but trouble with the whole wackiness, for lack of a better term. Um, but things that you guys have said throughout this episode, I really attach myself to. Like earlier, uh, one of you, I think it was Grace, was saying that it might have been seen in a way as a coming-of-age film, especially if you follow who our alleged main character is. And I think I interjected that point that it's more of like a finding your place within mm. a in a community that isn't that looked upon with high values. Mm. It's a bit of a complicated way of saying that. And I think that is the core theme of this film. The whole finding your place in a place that is, even within the film, looked down upon. Mm. And I think that it was a beautiful story in that regard. Which is kind of funny to say when you think about all the crazy and sometimes immoral... Why do I say sometimes? Often immoral things that happen in it. Mm. Um, I But even just putting all that fancy-schmancy uh, intelligence stuff behind... Fuck it. Um, it's a fun film. 
And I think that a lot of people who would watch this don't know walking in blind like I did, but knowing a little bit about it would see it, walk away from it and think, that was good. That was really good. If I were the production company behind this, I would give it a sequel. And they did. Yes. That was originally going to be my rating, but now I kind of squandered it, didn't I? If I have you to squander or squandered it? What did I say? He said squandered it. I'm pretty sure I said squandered it. No, we'll listen back. <laughs> you said what I said, yeah? You said squandered, I'm sorry. Woo! Oh. Go, Bowser, go! I didn't know that that was such a major <laughs> mistake. It's okay, you're Polish. We'll give you a break. <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. Go fuck a squirrel. No, you said squirrel correctly there. It was a bit weird. You should have said squandle. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you once gave me this whole thing about how it's squirrel. So what's your rating? Oh, I was like, what's your rating? <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm being talked down to now. I give it a squirrel. <laughs> a squandered squirrel. Give us your load. I say, fuck off. <laughs> oh. I say squirrel, but like, squirrel is said. Give us your load. You gave me shit about it once. Load. I'm um, giving you nothing now. Yeah. It's like, I thought you said squirtle. I'm like, what? That's how I believe that was the Thunderbirds episode. Um, so I quite like this movie. Like the the immoral bits shit me up the wall. And to be honest, I you know you can tell that it's written and directed mainly by men. Um, but I do I do have a little love for the characters in it. And of course, like I've mainly got nostalgia goggles on when I watch it, so I do enjoy it. So I give it three wet shirts out of five. That's a lot of wet shirts. That's a lot of wet shirts. No. Wet with water or sweat. Water. Come. Oh, so stop that. <laughs> yeah, Colin. Ryan, those aren't wet. Those so, are dry. We've got reviews here from IMDb and Bartek's comments from YouTube. Now, when finding the reviews, I found it very difficult, but I found the right amount, and a lot of them are personal stories, very personal. But each time Grace has come onto the show, there's one reviewer who always goes for an intellectual type of review. <laughs> This is the first review, and this is the intellectual of the group of reviews I have. For it Saint is, It is basically a thesis, but it is great. It is called, Who Let the Dogs Out? V1.02. So, Volume 1, 2. Or Version. What? Or Version 1, so did he 2. Ed- so, did he edit... Why? Oh, sorry, did they... From 2010, it's a nine-star one. We'll get... We'll okay, get I'll, I'll be quiet. If one's stomach can stand the story at all, then some might find their DVD to be a valuable possession. It is one of those that I could watch time and time again, as if it was one of those stories where the storyteller has learned, has tried to learn from such as Clueless. Is that just one review? That's, that's, yeah, this is one. That's, no, please don't read all of that. That's so much writing. <laughs> that puts this feature alongside Mean Girls. Confession, <laughs> calm down, Grace. The more you struggle, the better it gets. I'm going to show my comments out. It'll be much quicker. Okay. <laughs> that puts feature length alongside Mean Girls, Confessions of a Teenage and Ice Princess, and She is the Man, and Wild Child, which I read as a part of a quality trail started by Clueless. First Sight Centrinians is rougher than the others. Acclimatise and try not to take it too seriously. It actually feels to be one of the calmer ones. For now, I rate Wild Child as the toughest. Again, that is not obvious at first, and place it closer to the level of Heathers than most. A different sort of pinnacle. In comparison, Centrinians is for pussycats. Or dogs. 
Does... Is Pussycat or Dogs a film? <laughs> no, it's like Pussycat's full stop. Or dogs. What are, you, what are they getting at? I like it that this... <laughs> wait, wait. This is the best part. Okay. I'll be judging that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that this story has the word anarchy. That's the end of that sentence. From the late 1990s, I had been considering situational ethics as the direction to head in after starting to shrug off the chains of Puritan slash Victorian beliefs. Okay. <laughs> this shows something to the breadth that pure anarchy can have, and while that includes the cute kitten variety that a big baby might consider as sense, there are all sorts of other sides too. How the theme song is used in the feature feels nice and fun and okay. But it is in the extras as <laughs> Oh, this is a DVD review. But it is in the extras as a standalone item. And there it actually feels pure evil to me. Oh. I like it that the feature has also also has comments about old time conservative values. Why I need to dismiss those is there among the dealings between the head and the minister and the bank manager. In a lot of ways, I find the story to be a parody of reality but including some serious stuff. Cite this story for day-to-day issues. Would that just be fuel modern day-to-day war? That's a question, Bart, so you can answer it. ask it again? Cite this story for day-to-day issues. Would that just fuel modern-day war? Centurions can read as a school for some interpret as The Walking Dead. I consider it to be that it is best to ignore any temptation to interpret the story in that way. To me, it is just a normal, everyday school. Sort of school, such as every big baby becomes surrounded by... And Annabelle has a big baby role in this. To an outcast, the country that they try to live in can genuinely appear evil. Annabelle manages to acclimatize, stop being an outcast, except that she is not true underclass she has still got a lot of freedom the other and other decisions and actions this is more like hsm ryan growing when sharpe removed the tethers so hsm tends to show legal activities i need this story to be something not to take seriously switch off and relax do that i find this (laughs) to be a story of quality Sorry, it's Anne Ryder Grace has taken off her glasses and is just looking at me. Of quality. I noticed in Trini I noticed Trinian stuff in the fifties and sixties and found the concept to be perfect. Just the actual thing was a letdown. For entertainment I needed what the idea implied. Except that I now have the four DVD set of the earliest Trinians and find that I need to rate them too, if not as highly as this. They are different in tune with the understandings of their day. And that's it. I agree with I agreed with a bit of that towards the end and I felt like I felt like I You've had lost it a little bit. Felt a bit like a blog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, was, you should have I found the four piece. Give us a couple. Alright, so the video that I got these comments from is the T Railer of the film. Which T Railer. Which I believe was narrated by an American, and a lot of people didn't like that. So. Oh, how dare they! Oh. Those Americans get everything. Damn it, J.K. Yes. Simmons. <laughs> was it J.K. Simmons? 
No, but you believed it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, people can say anything about J.K. Simmons to me, and I would be like, yeah, probably. He was best J. Joe to Jameson. I think the narration in the trailer pronounced posh toddies as posh toddies or something. So give us some... Blow your load. So one... So this one here is a reaction to the trailer, but it's someone who's seen the film. Oh, good. This trailer makes the film look somewhat shit, but I promise that it's amazing and will definitely make you laugh and the crying laugh emoji. That's all I need. I need a guarantee. Thank you so much. This is just a reaction for someone who'd never heard of it. Oh my freaking hell, what even is this movie? Question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation, question mark, explanation, question mark. Nice pattern there. Good, good. Well, they they should have added one more exclamation. Yeah, come on. And this is someone who's got a genuinely good reaction. It's a, I'm going to watch this with my big sister. And even the next person has a genuine reaction, which is, Oh. My. Gash. Colin Firth. XD. Heart. Did they write, Oh. My. Gash? They wrote, O, which is just the letter O. My, as in the Japanese name, My. M-A-I. Gash. G-A-S-H. Colin Firth. XD. Heart. Oh, as in, Oh. My. Gosh. No, they wrote, yeah, they wrote Gash. Oh. My. Gash. So, give us another. And this one is in all caps. All caps. Chris. Watched it over and over, but can't get my eyes off it, LOL. I think that's a cry for help. <laughs> They've got a serious addiction. Bored at the LOL. Does it mean, let out loser, and it's talking about himself. One more, right? One more, and then I can give you all a right. real personal story. <clears throat> a film this good deserves a much better trailer. Trust me, if you are thinking about watching it, dot, 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 watch it! It honestly is one of the best films ever made, and I can promise you that it is not a chick flick! It's not the chick flick. That was almost a threat. And also, what the fuck's the problem with the chick flick? Nothing. Exactly. Other than if it's the other woman, then it's great. So, this one is a six-star review called, surprisingly, an okay film. <laughs> now, this review may contain spoilers, Grace, so Oh, aware. no. I had no intention of watching this at the cinema, some of Britain's hist- film history is pretty bad, from the Carry On films and St. Trinians, so God only knows why they wanted to remake one. It wasn't my turn to pick the DVD, but the kids were told Alvin and the Chipmunks wasn't an option, so we plumped for St. Trinians instead. It was actually okay, I have to say. Quite amusing at times. The girls looked suitably... unsuitable. Storyline was the same old rubbish we've watched in countless family films, but it didn't really matter. All the superfluous fluff surrounding the story was what made the film. Good acting from all the kids. Firth and Everett give the film a welcome lift. I wouldn't choose to add it into my DVD collection, but it was okay. It was okay. And I like how they start by like knocking the carry-on films. Like I've not seen any carry-on films, but that's a British institution. Yeah. And I'll read one more, and then I've got one left after that. Oh, okay. Uh, my ultimate feel-good film. Ten stars, Grace. You said my ultimate feel-good film, and then you touched my arm. I'm like, why? <laughs> because, what are you doing? Because this is your ultimate feel-good film. <laughs> it's not my ultimate feel This was written film. by Grace. This yeah. review may contain spoilers. <clears throat> I don't often write reviews, but after watching this again in my room with a bowl of crisps on my knee... <laughs> Maybe uh, I did write this. <laughs> that is, that is with a bowl of crisps behavior. on my knee, I feel the urge to. I laugh all the way through every time. I know exactly what's coming now as well. Believe me, I've seen this loads, but every time I feel a little down, 
in the dumps, I just turn on this film and the happiness just bubbles up in me. I think the storyline is brill. And I also love the pranks. The kids pull. They are just so imaginative. I often wish I had the guts to do some of the things they did whilst I was at school, but unfortunately, being the goody two-shoes I was, I have to say, I chickened out every time an opportunity arose. There was no there was no grammar in there. So is this person living vicariously for an opportunity arose. The makeover scene is one of my favorites. I love the stereotypical outfits each category of students wore and I think all the girls looked brill in it. It makes me want to pull out my old school school skirt and start slapping on the liner. The second one is also Brill. So if anyone reading this has y not yet seen the second, then give it a go. I'm sure you'll laugh out loud. Yeah, guys, give it a go. Give it a Brill. Give and it a Brill. Buzzick. Give us a load of yours. Well, funny you just mentioned the second one, Ryan, because this comment either. says the third one is coming out in 2014 and is called St. Trinians vs. The World. I would love to watch that film. Well, 2014 is coming soon. So. <laughs> and the next comment is another genuine response. <clears throat> I love this school so, 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 so much. Oh, I sh I sh it's got six exclamations at the end. I should have said it much louder, but I'm sorry. This next one should be. has a response to a... Uh, a trend that this film acknowledges. Emos. Seriously? Do I really have to teach adults that emo is music? And the response? Teach me. Teach me? Yep. <laughs> is that like all in lowercase? Uh, no, teach it's got me. proper grammar, so capitals oh. at the start. If it was all in lowercase, that'd be great. And the next one, all right, you keep looking at it. The next one is in all caps and has more exclamation marks that I can count, so I'm... I'm not even gonna face the microphone. Oh boy! <laughs> Best movie ever! You, you still blew the mic out. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I looked the away. The neighbors next door are wondering why we're watching Centurions and they now know. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the best. And this next one, you know, he he's not lying. Or, sorry, they're not lying. <clears throat> I hope not. Love this movie, TBFH. To be fucking honest? Yeah. He's, he's not lying, right? I'm he's up on the internet fucking slang. Honest. And this next one has... This one's very special. It has two moments of insight. Two. <clears throat> That's a lot for a YouTube comment. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's one line, but a few sentences. Ah, a film meant for everything else except studies. Dot, 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 dot. Oh, I wish I had a school like that. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your big one. <laughs> Give us your big one, Bartek, um, in my mouth. Oh, sorry, in my ear. Sorry. We're, we're a podcast, not a taste test. Would <laughs> <laughs> I give this to you now? I'll, I'll, I'll save the big ones for a bit. All later. right. Give us give us a little little taste of it. So this one this one is from someone who's basically reacting to... Like, giving what happened to her as she was watching it. But, like, very short one-line things. So, <clears throat> in uh, asterisks, watching Colin Firth. Lena Headley. Me, colon, hmm, what? And then Asterix says, rewind. Lena Headey, or was it Lena Headey? Lena. Cersei! 
OMG! A full OMG. Yep. I'll give you my personal one now. The last one I have, Grace. It's called... Uh-oh, we're in trouble. We're deep in doo-doo and we haven't got a shovel. <laughs> say it again, say it again, right? Uh-oh, we're in trouble. We're deep in doo-doo and we haven't got a shovel. It's mm-hmm. it's it's, eight, it's only eight stars. And it's written from my favourite country, South Africa. So, uh, <laughs> I struggled watching it at first. I missed a whole lot of what was actually said, and I refused to use subtitles on the Virgin flight. I felt that these characters... <laughs> I felt that the characters made too little impression on me. They're not likeable, and the whole thing was kind of over the top, simply for the sake of being over the top. Then, a bit before nearing the halfway mark, came that song that beautifully fitted in with the theme and tied everything up in a nice bow. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Something's come along and it's burst our bubble. What a song. And it is just so damn cute that it made me see the whole flick in a positive new light. There's an absolute wealth of detail. The film oozes surprises popping up in the background there is such an absolute lot going on here the flick gets an a plus for effort heart and spirit the pupils are deranged uh, a, a deranged lot everybody is busy as beavers being deeply antisocial except for those at the wrong end of the stick after the song warmed my heart. I was more in tune with the movie. These misfits have to be cheered for and the subtitles were of course finally used and there aren't any complaints from me anymore. Movie has a cult following and I can see why. A better title? Girls Together or Centrinian Girls Together. I just realized how much it would be misunderstood but meant by me in the sense of standing together overcoming all opposition movie has a cartoonish and they have little asterisks there so if we go down to the asterisks later inspired by the works of the cartoons movie has a cartoonish style with the deluge of over-the-top characters, including Rupert Everett in a dual role, which is kind of ludicrous to the extreme. A whole troop of savage little girls, some of them horrid little white-faced goths, or Satanists? (laughs) And bigger girls wielding hockey sticks, like deadly weapons. Also, a little leg-humping doggy. By the way, just learned... Just learned scant minutes ago, Centrinian's Battle of the Sexes, and it sounds like a remake of All I Want to Do. Okay. Does he think that it's about just sex? Like fighting? Yeah, sure. You said it was the other guy, you assume it was a he. Sorry, they. Grace. Grace wrote all of these. I didn't want to say anything before. Grace is from South Africa, really. I'll try to mislead by saying he. It's Grace. He, it's me, Grace. I don't know how to do South African accents. It is I, Dr. Rudy. (laughs) (laughs) He's the only South African character I really know outside of District 9. One of the Chasers guys is South African. Now, give us your final wad. 
Grace is on the edge of her seat. Right. She's sitting here, there's the, the sweat dripping down her leg from the sheer anticipation. I hope it's sweat. <laughs> it is like 20-something degrees, but I'm, I'm all right. I think it's just like humid, yeah. I don't it's care. Bartek, Bartek, Bartek. So the big theme of some of these comments is emotions and coming together. Coming together. <clears throat> What is with you today? What has gotten into you? You get this in me. Okay, no. That's, <laughs> do not put that on me. <laughs> I'll put it in you? I don't know. What no, you enough of this. Go. Life sucks. My buddy has just been... What? <laughs> Sorry, my buddy. You see, you see the sign of things to come in these reviews? Life sucks. My buddy has begun going out with a stunning girl as two months back he signed up to an internet site called Master Attraction. And brackets says, Google it if you want to know more. I work there. Google it. I'm so green with envy since I would like to just fall in love as well. I'm going to take a look at this Jake Ayers' man's information and find out if I, it might help a person <laughs> like me. Odd thing is, he once had no luck with females. How does one transform so fast? His lady's a fucking model. This is a spam comment, yes? No, this it's, is emo- it's emotional. And look, the it's next journey. one... The next one also is too. It's... Emo is so a real world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... You know, that's something I would hear in, like, a Dario episode from one of the background characters. And this person also has emotions. Okay, I'm annoyed. My stepbrother lives in the opposite room and he just turned fantastic at attracting females. He went to the master attraction site, look up on Google, by Jake Ayres. Now I hear him reading about girls. He's always dating girls back. I can't help but hear it, which is disgusting. If only he never found that site. I am envious. Here's a weird thing. I didn't know Bartek actually went to that site's website and got the comments yeah. and just shoved him in. This is all from the trailer of St. Trinian's. Just like this next one. This movie is so fucking stupid. Why do I like it, though? It's a very conflicting one. Mm. Just like the next one. Visuality of man. This next one, it, it like the trailer, says, <clears throat> Very good video. I found this cause my pal has become a lady magnet. He's a lady magnet now. Yep. A lady And magnet. he's obese. <laughs> he went from a nobody into being astounding. He pretended he didn't realise. He then smiled and told me while he was drunk on bourbon. He said he learned from the uh, from the Jake Ayers Master <laughs> Attraction <laughs> formula. Google it if you'd like to know more about it. Dot, dot, dot. He's seeing a sexy chick. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, is that the last one? There are two more, but they're both one line, just very brief. And this, I think, just is it about Jake is <laughs> no, it's, no, it isn't. This is actually about the theme of the film, the coming together. And they're two separate comments, but they're about very similar things. The first one is, "Why would you want a dysfunctional family?" And the other one is, "I want a dysfunctional family too." Bam! And that's how you do it, people. You guys have been great, amazing, fantastic, wonderful listening people, Grace. You have amazed our presence. You've assaulted my intelligence by saying I have no legs to stand on. <laughs> you didn't want to join in the comedy, but that's okay. Because Grace is our guest that comes on to talk real to us. She keeps us grounded, saying, Hey, don't talk smack about Colin Firth. Talk real. And that's what we need to do it's about this Colin film. Want. What? It's what Colin would want. 
Colin would want you to talk real, and that's what we need. We are always trying to talk real about movies, but hey, we don't know every single movie and unappreciated masterpiece. We're only real people. Exactly. Unlike, you know, the fake people. And, <laughs> and we need suggestions sometimes. We may have not done Centrinians. We may have not done it. And that would have broken Grace's heart, which apparently Grace does not have. But years ago, it used to be there. And your heart is there now, hopefully. And we would want you to message us. We have a Facebook page, Spin Posh Presents. We have a post there where you can drop in a suggestion that you feel like. Or you don't. Could be a gun to your head saying, put Centrinians 2 on there. I know they're already covering it, but damn, Grace needs to know. (laughs) And then you guys can subscribe to us on Podbean, iTunes. We have a YouTube as well. It's all Spin Posh Presents. And that's pretty much it. We are going to be covering more duologies. We're going to be doing another second Centurions, and then the second half of this month, we're going to be covering movies, uh, a pair of movies that are more for the boys. The so, fellows. The fellows. You guys, remember to be kind to each other. Oh, what's this? I, I have one more <clears throat> one more comment that I didn't notice. I, I think I'll... By the way, guys, just pretend that we haven't acknowledged the second movie yet. Okay. Uh, okay. What's this other comment? Guys, did you know that there's a Centrinians too? <gasps> oh, no! <laughs>